welcome to episode 49 of the Varangian Heresy podcast. I'm back. Yes, the the uh, the beard has returned and therefore normal crazy service will resume. Um, we try we try to restrain him but yeah, there's no yeah, restraining. That you can, you cannot you cannot veto the beard. It does not happen. <laughs> I am back. Um so that, that depends. what kind of beard are you really? Well, I I'm a majestic beard is what I'd like to think of. It's a floating majestic beard, eh? So, well, I've been called worse. Um, so, my name is Jody, uh, also known as Painting Chap from Painting Chap Commission Services. Um, and with me tonight, as always, are my two beautiful co-hosts here on the Varangian Heresy. On my virtual left is the man with the plan, the man who keeps us all on the straight and narrow, or definitely on the straight, don't know about the narrow. Uh, that is uh, the lovely Christopher from Project Nevindar. How are you doing, my friend? Well, actually, quite good for once. I, I like this quite good for. I like the quite good thing. Let's try and make it more of the not so much for once thing, as as best we can. Well, I think I said it before. If if the the day you hear I'm fine, it's probably time to worry. Yeah, there is. But that this is actually it's actually quite good. This is this is a day where things are quite good, not fine. So we're not we're I'm, not on I'm, that post-apocalyptic. I'm currently yet. doing a really good, really smart thing, which is melting plastic foam. So like, don't okay. don't worry don't worry it's well ventilated in here. I was going to say it's either that or we're going to be um, we're going to be picky getting someone to come and pick you up off the floor. But I do believe your fiance is home, so everything is good. It's, yes, it's, it's her problem, not ours. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. And uh, on my right, uh, on my virtual right hand side, the uh, the man, the legend, the myth, the um, yeah, you, you all know this by now. He's the man who sits atop the uh, the throne of 30k here in Sweden. It is the one, the only, the Crown Prince of Darkness, Mr. Freddy. How you doing, buddy? I am pretty all right. Pretty all right. I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. I am. I, I will talk about hobby progress in a minute, but let's just say I'm, I'm under the gun and I'm enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. Yes, I am, and I, I've been. I have been exceedingly well motivated today, so I'm, I'm feeling good for it all. That's good. I should do what my old man did when. He gave me chores and he, he put like uh, a couple of uh, bills in a fishing rod and he just uh, dangled it in front of me while I was digging ditches and shit. Well, it's a motivator <laughs> and it works. I'm, I'm not saying anything else. Um, so, yeah, otherwise I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. Well, I'm back and this is episode 49, one away from the big 5-0. Um, before we start talking about what we're doing tonight, let's just get some important shout-outs out of the way. First of all, come and give us a like and follow what we're doing on the Varangian Heresy Podcast, our Facebook page. There's a group attached to that, the Varangian Heresy Podcast group. So it's so awesome we named it twice, or something like that, I don't know. Um, we, we can claim that at least. It's nothing to do with that was the easiest thing to name it. Yeah, that was the easiest thing, and it sounds cool like we know what we were doing. So we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, we have Twitter. We tweet apparently, uh, or we at do. least one, yeah. of us, one of us do occasionally when we remember. Um, we have uh, our Instagram, which is at Varangian Heresy on Instagram. Don't worry, Freddie. It's a newfangled thing. We've said this a few times now. Don't don't get scared. We'll cover it. Okay. It's only been around for about eight years or so, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, but that's yeah. bad. Fucking millennials. <laughs> <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, go and go and play with your fucking Instagram and shit. I'm still learning how to use Facebook. Fuck off. 
Yeah, it's it's not well. You're doing by the sounds of it, you're doing pretty well actually. <laughs> to be fair, that's just because I keep changing Facebook every week. Yeah, you have to keep learning. You don't get a choice. Um, and then we have our email, which is the Heresy at gmail dot com. If you want to get in touch with us, with if you have, let's think, ideas for episodes, if you have army lists like you'd like critiqued and reviewed, if you've got just batshit crazy stories, please share them with us. We'd love to hear them. Uh, if you no post, puppy stories, no, no, there is unless they're really happy and fluffy, and make us feel good. Um, then but, I can just talk about my dog. Yeah, that's and that would we'll be a really that. boring podcast in the end. Well, we'll keep them short. Um, so <laughs> then we've we've got ideas. Uh, I've already said ideas for things. At your events, please, for the love of you know the Warmaster, tell us when you're doing events because we want to shout out all the events that are happening, not just here in Sweden but around the world because it's important to grow this community and you know help dudes who are looking for dudes whether it's uh you know backyard backyard gaming you know the classic in a cage style or if it's at an event we want to help spread that good word so drop us some information um yeah and basically anything randomly her heresy related however we do have to say can you please please slow down on the request for real do freddy's real dolls there there are some china there are some production issues in china um apparently even they have some degree of standards uh, I wasn't going to go with standards, but quality control. Yeah, that, that was actually the latest reason we got for them. Oh, was that what it yeah. was? Right. Okay. Well, they yeah, fixed the quality standards. control is just standards. Um, apparently, they're, they're 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 too high, um, so we need to drop our standards even further. So uh, I, I thought it was a problem with the malls because, like, their uh, the sizing for the real doors are kind of China sizes, so yeah. they couldn't find uh, something wall to represent. Small so, something big enough to represent the <clears throat> proper scale of the epic real which is why we're know, it, it wouldn't be real size it would be it's like exactly one why to we're three talking or about one to four. why we're talking about standards their, their standards are too low they're not they're giving uh, you know proper graphical representation of you freddy and this is what needs to be done it needs exactly. to be proper and graphic which is scary on a number of levels um, so yes, drop us an email with anything you'd like to talk to us about, um, and that is again uh, theverangianheresy at gmail dot com. So everybody's doing good. Everybody heresy doing something heresy related this evening while we're recording. Yes. 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 As yes. always. As always, this is a good thing. So uh, I'm just gonna put like this. For some of us, this is the only time they basically have the hobby. Yeah. In uh, this way. That is true. Slamming stuff around and making noises with airbrushes and stuff. Hey, However, I took my airbrush off. Stop crying. Give it a break, you. <laughs> However, that's not me. So if it's any hobby noise, it's those I'm doing this for a, I'm trying to make some money and living out of this. So, you know, give me a break. At least I turned it off when we started recording. I'm a, uh, yeah, and, I, I, and I'm trying to desperately get to do any kind of hobbying. Um, oh. This is this is my time. Clean hobbying. Hobbying that doesn't involve, you know, blood sacrifices and stuff, you mean? Oh, that's not a hobby. That's work. Okay, fair enough. Know. It's good to know. Different thing. Good to differentiate as we go along. Um, so, let's let's jump straight in. What has everybody been up to in the hobby this week? And what have you guys been doing? Who wants to start? Well, why don't you start, Freddie? You, you always put the you always, work here. You always put oh, us to shame. No. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't done so much really. Uh, I have finished my mechanicum list for BSK. Yep. Uh, done some weapon swaps on my death guards for BSK. Uh -huh. I have uh, also 
put together uh, oak greens for my solar auxilia, uh, medicase for my solar auxilia, and rapier team for my solar auxilia. I have uh, put together my land speeder, the Rogue Trader one, primed and ready and based for my black shields. I have also started painting a tactical sports squad for my black shields, a heavy weapon squad for my black shields, and put together four prime flamers and two marauder. Uh, re- what are they called? The marauder sergeants again? The marauder sergeants. Reversism. Are they reavers or reaver lords? No, that's the, that's the praetor equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So if you're running one of those as a sergeant, I think you may have overstated him a little bit. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe just a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So, uh, I have also played one game of... Uh, not one game. Uh, a massive night of Armored Breakthrough with Magnus. And this is our, I, our upcoming Armored armored event uh, rule yeah. set you're testing out. Yeah, and I've uh, reworked the third edition for, for that rule set. Uh, did and you uh, take any photos or video of it? Yes, I did, and uh, you will get a stick at BSK. Sweet. And and then you'll have something to edit. Yay! <laughs> more stuff to edit. Yay! Yeah. Uh, well, I got software, all, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then all, also <laughs> after that, I'm organizing a live stream event on Thursday. I don't know if we're gonna drop this before Thursday or not, but. I'll live stream some armored fucking nasty nets uh, where I'm not actually playing. I'm just behind the camera doing a Chris style kind of recording. Uh, and also because last time was so embarrassing where I got uh, absolutely annihilated in, with my own rule set on multiple locations. <laughs> so, th- so this time I will record other people fuck up instead of me fucking up. So this is this is heresy after dark. Finally, is it, Freddie? Yeah, finally. Finally, Heresy After Dark makes an appearance. Yeah. But I do blame Magnus for not understanding that he can't bring drop-podding Leviathans to an Armored Breakthrough event. Which he understands now, and he understands why it's so detrimental in a game where you're supposed to use maneuvering and orders and shit. And all of a sudden, we all got the mental picture of Magnus being tied up in a basement and being whipped repeatedly until he understands. You will understand! Well, he was in the basement, that's true. It was the torture dungeon, so, you know. <laughs> trademark, hashtag trademark, trademark torture dungeon. Well, people that have been at uh, Scanners were recognised the surroundings, both from, from the recording Magnus and I did, uh, using our little uh, camera thing, terrain piece that we set up, and uh, they will also notice from Thursday's live stream. Yeah, and all the all the videos we did from Scanners as well. Yeah. So, um, you know that whole thing when you say, I haven't done much in the hobby? Bluntly, go fuck, oh, you. Oh, go I, fuck I, yourself, Freddy. I, I, I built uh, three blood, battleship gothic ships for Magnus. Uh, yeah, bluntly, go fuck yourself, mate. I love you, but really, <laughs> your your degree of hobbying is, compared to, to everybody else, is just ridiculous. And we love you for it, because it makes us feel <laughs> like we've actually achieved something as a podcast collectively. Um <laughs> That's my take on it, anyway. I don't know about you, Chris. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, otherwise, um, you've been a busy man, by the sounds of it, as always. Um, yeah, there's too much shit at work. Oh, it's usually the case, and then you get to uh, get to hobby to get your head out of it, which is yeah. the best way. So, Christopher, my friend, what have you been up to? 
Well, at, at a start, I more or less finished uh, the called the Megos for BSK. Nice. Because it's it was basically more of it. It is perfectly fine. I'm just not done with him yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this is this then, isn't your Megos Prime. This is your Megos Primark. Is that right? Yeah, it's the size of a Primark, so it should be painted as a Primark. In all his in all his glory. Yeah. And if that's basically one of the few things I have left for the list anyway, I can just put in the time. Yeah, yeah, painting list capable stuff. Yeah, uh, mm. yeah. Uh, anyway, keep going. <laughs> and then uh, I spent about eight hours reorganizing my hobby room, which mainly was uh, sorting bits from boxes that I had. We basically had large bits boxes left from when I moved that uh, hadn't been sorted so I th- thought hmm, I'm going to do something about this it took about 8 hours or so you went down that you went down that rabbit hole didn't you yeah but at least now it's sorted in small drawers that are labeled arms and legs and torsos and bolt guns and everything Bloody hell. So it's, and uh, several that are basically terrain bits and basing materials and tanks and finish but, f- finish us <laughs> but that's good. Then it's just another twelve months until you reorganize everything again. Yeah, when everything has moved into the next box. No, but it was really, it was really something I had to do because trying to hobby when it's you know that you have to do something else is quite annoying when that thing is right next to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can and, understand that. And then I looked at my Atropos and realized that uh, the base didn't that the base that I made for it. A while ago, didn't really match my new basing scheme, so I had to <laughs> remove that base. And I am currently building a new base for that. You had to step up, step up your your basing game again because it just wasn't on point. Well, well, there's nothing wrong with the old base; it's a really good base, but it didn't match the, the scheme for the rest of the mechanical bases. Which which has to be corrected. I mean, there's no there's yeah, no way around more it. Of a, Looks more like a base for my iron hands, and it's not for my iron hands after all. There we are then. There so, could be only one base. There could be only one. There could there could be only one scheme. This is how it is. Yeah. Other than that, other than that, I've been working a bit on. Well, the fluff for next next year's event season that will be present presented soon, awesome. as a start of it at least. Awesome. With more more on that, in we're going to talk a bit more of that in, in a while. Yeah, it's going to come up a little bit later on in the episode. So, um, Jody, did you let uh, all of the kids paint his Freddy's little extra for? Yeah, yeah, camera? it's it's, got, it's currently sat in the dip bucket at the moment. So the kid, the kids, uh, my daughter had her sixth birthday party recently, um, and actually this is genuinely part of my hobby, uh, hobby time because I put my airbrushing skills to the use, and I painted her computer. I, she's basically been massively into Minecraft. And she's kept with it, you know. It's one of those things she really loves it, has it on her iPad, loves to build, learns all this sort of stuff. So I was like, right, fine, I'm gonna get her something nice for her birthday. So I gave her a computer because I actually one of the few things I had spare in the house was a computer of all random things. Um, so I gave her a computer. So instead of you know, just like we all do when we're hobbying, we look at something and go, hey, that's pretty cool, but and you know. 12 hours of painting and prepping later she had a Minecraft themed computer set up 
Which is a really nice thing to do. Yeah, and, her, and she loved it. And to be fair, I loved doing it. It was a lot of fun. Um, but on, on the 30k front, on the actual hobbying front, uh, well, right now I'm working on a commission for Freddy, which will be making its appearance in a few days at uh, BSK. So I'm working on that at the moment. Um, I have a stack of my own stuff that needs to be painted in time for BSK so I can field that. Um, but that should be doable. Um, but commissions come first, of course. Uh, <laughs> I have recently got back from visiting the UK, which was absolutely awesome. Uh, got to hang out with uh, my family, see my father and my brother, which was great. Uh, I also got to hang out with um, Miles from Little Legend Painting Studios. Uh, because, funnily enough, Miles actually lives... Um, not that far away, like 10-15 minutes away from where my father's house is. And uh, we were just sort of chatting and we ended up arranging to go and hang out at uh, Firestorm Games in Cardiff, which is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it is like, I don't know, it's the hobby event, it's the hobby location I want in Sweden. I, I actually would love to set this up, physically find a way of setting this up as in some way, shape or form. Because Cardiff? I, well, the, the you want to replicate? You want to replicate Cardiff oh, in good Sweden? Oh, God, no! I don't want to replicate, replicate Cardiff in Sweden. I don't think Cardiff wants to replicate Cardiff anywhere. Um, but no, to I be fair, like to... Cardiff would be an improvement of much of Sweden, though. Well, it would definitely be an upgrade in some of the areas uh, in in Malmo. It's less of a war zone, at least. Less hand grenades, say. Pretty much. Um, to the best of my knowledge, I am out of the loop for a bit. But no, <laughs> Firestorm Games is absolutely awesome. Um, I mean, literally, their their hobby shop is bigger than uh, their hobby section is bigger than my friendly local gaming store, for example. It's huge, um, and yeah, it was a proper hobbying mecca heaven kind of place. Um, and I got to hang out, so I got to hang out with Miles and my bo uh, good buddy Lex, friend of the show um, from Crusade and Heresy, and we did we talked um, painting a lot, we talked random uh, random guff a lot, and we played. Um, basically play games of knights uh, knights on knights uh, Miles brought along four of the sort of plastic GW paladin errant variants Lex brought along his um, Atropos and Lancer which promptly went and fucked everything up on the completely fucked the other guys <laughs> up on the first game um, I may have gone rogue and tried to take Miles and Lex on at the same time because you know it's what you do um because it was fun. But that's uh, that was after the games, right? Yeah. And we really don't <laughs> want to hear about that because that's a bit too much information. Well, you, you, yeah, we'll leave that for the outtake episode or the or the uh, you know the supporters episode at some point in the future. Um, but uh, it was it was a blast. We had a great time, hung out, and um, got to do some silly shenanigans doing that. And really cool to hang out with Miles. Um, what else sort of I doing in the hobby? Um, I was very fortunate. I got invited on to um, Boys of the Golden Throne. Uh, so I popped on and recorded with um, AJ and Teo uh, last night. So as a recording, that would have been, what, uh, Sunday night? Um, uh, or Monday night even? Sunday? Monday? One night of the week. Sunday night, thank you. Brain finally kicking back in there. Um, you could probably hear it wind up as it was trying to work that out. And... Um, yeah, uh, that was a whole lot of fun chatting to those boys about uh, kippers and you know all the stuff that's been going on over there and uh, you know pimping out the 
event series. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing hobby-wise. Um, managed to pop down and see, pop down to the um, Malmo uh, hobby group tonight uh, because it's one of their open evenings, or they're open every evening as far as I can tell. But it's normally the night that I see 30k getting played down there, and nobody was playing 30k this evening. So I was a little bit disappointed to hear that. Um, sadly, don't have time to be down there myself to play 30k because of the commission. But you know, I, I was a little disappointed but, to see anything like, going on why, there. Why? Why did not light up the Eye of Horus sign on the fucking big mega? Because they haven't ball. invested in one yet. That's and the problem. And then, then like I would just don my cosplay kit and my full groom cosplay kit, pack my fucking Empress children, and just fucking drive down there. There he comes. Mm-hmm. To, the, to the lack of heresy event away um, yeah. yeah but no so no, no games were being played so a bit of a sad panda but uh, did get to talk to uh, anyone briefly said hello to a couple of the guys down there the Christians and brothers and that were down playing uh, some 40k and um, yeah so I've, I've basically been recovering from a trip recovering from a, a birthday party which had 17 six year olds in it so yeah that was a that was a Vietnam-esque experience. Um, you know, basically, you weren't there, man. Um, I was. Well, yeah, well, you were in your, own, in my your own way. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you I was in my to, own created nightmare. You, you and I were having the same same ongoing nightmare at the, uh, at the same time, having kids' parties on the same day. <laughs> I just happened to be in different areas. Because um, that, was, that was like, you know, we're just obviously into that sort of self-harming, aren't we, Freddie? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's that's been my hobby recently. That's that's been my hobby. It's been a lot a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Um, should we talk about what we're going to be talking about tonight on the episode? Because we kind of missed that already. So should we mention that? Because <laughs> it's kind of important. They've listened to us drivel on. Um, so on tonight's episode, we are talking Heresy 101. Um, what do we mean by that? Well, we have had um, some sort of discussions here and in general uh with with friends of the show and stuff about heresy and you know we're we're all sort of heresy vets now and we've been around for a while and we kind of know what we're doing but what happens to those who are 30k curious or who have uh you know never really got involved in in the games before but look at the stuff and go hey we want in well we are we have put together heresy 101 and we are very lucky to have uh, two of our very good friends, uh, Mr. J.P. Matthew from the Age of Darkness podcast has come on, and you sh- if you haven't listened to any of the, the Age of Darkness podcast episodes, what have you been doing with your life? Um, I was just going to say you haven't missed much, but that's oh, a lie. Oh, oh <laughs> burn, burn, Christopher, bad Christopher, that, that was harsh. But, you know, yeah, funny, they know that, they know it's a joke because they've got a funny, great show harsh, going there. Harsh but funny, I like it. Um, <laughs> and yeah. uh, we also had um, the the Kimmel child, Mr. Ryan Kimmel from Radio Free Fan, come on. And uh, no, no, he's he's not the Kimmel child; he's the Kimmel creator. He's the Kimmel creator. Who's the Kimmel child? Yeah. Jake's daughter. Oh, right. Okay. The changeling. The changeling, right? Because it keeps it's like a bad Eddie Murphy movie going on sometimes, man. I just never know who's playing what character. Um, no, the, the, the Kimmel child is the one that. Removes all the energy from Jake. Okay, fair enough. It's a changeling. That's it's a changeling. Soul in the end. Right, okay, so we're not talking about mental projection of Tim into other people now, right? No. 
Okay. For anybody who's wondering what the fuck we're talking about, uh, there's just there's a random. This is what happened internally in the <laughs> podcaster chat. This is what happens when you have a chat with all the or po- the majority of the podcasters in the world all chatting at the same time on Facebook. It gets and a very fairly, random. And a fairly and a fairly sleep deprived me once making up the Kimmel chat. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's what we're talking about tonight and we're talking about uh, everything from the sort of first steps where to get started how to sort of get to know the heresy and sort of what what might be in our opinions the best steps to get started even if you're even if you're an existing uh, war gamer if you're coming from uh, 40k or whatever we there's some steps we think are worth following but that's uh, that's our yeah. main topic tonight Uh, basically to summarize the next what three or four hours of talk (laughs) it's not that bad we're gonna edit it it down it's by book one betrayer and blow your fucking mind yeah that's actually pretty fucking concise actually yeah (laughs) Uh, by book one blow your mind and you know get involved in the community I think that covers it there we are done job son thank you very much this was episode 40 no no listen to the episode it's totally worth it um so well before we get into that we've talked about what we've been up to uh, but there are some stuff we, there is some stuff we want to sort of shout out we do have a list to review which is very awesome um uh, so we're going to be getting that to uh getting to that in a moment but um there's a couple of things we do need to shout out but i think the most important thing that i'm seeing right now is the news I think the news section is pretty damn important right now. Yeah, let's put the news section in in right now. Yeah, let's do that now. Let's, let's forget the show notes. We don't do show notes. This is the show notes are for you know. To be fair, there's always been more of a suggestion than anything else. Exactly, uh, but we called it. In fact, Freddie called it. I would like to say that <laughs> that that was only like what was it? How long ago? That was like six months ago, wasn't it? Was it that far yeah, back? Probably long. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, well. They even started to talk about it at the weekender. Then it was at the Warhammer Fest. Yeah, and that was it because it was it was between the weekender and Warhammer Fest that the uh, the yeah uh, they they we they believe... confirmed it, it when uh, Al died. Uh, that was God at Lincoln. Yeah, yeah that was that was, that was uh, the weekender. So yeah. uh, that was the yeah the the open day. Wasn't the it? open day, yeah. So mm. God rest you, Alan. Uh, we we miss you and we thank you for everything you've done for us. Uh, and uh, up on our page, if you want to have a look at it, there's a, a tribute post to Alan because of what he's uh, done for this community. But in in as part of that, that was taken from the fact that it is part of the um, the book itself. That the first edition, I don't care what anybody else says. This is my point of view. <laughs> the first edition Horus Heresy rule set is up for pre-order this coming Friday, which would be the fourth. Third or fourth, third. third, third of November. It's going, it's going up for pre-order on the Forge World website. Um, so it will also be available in all of those formats that the other books are, yep. according to Forge World. Which is also, so it will be an iPad version of it if you want it. Something so, tells me that it might get sold out. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned because I had planned to eat the week after, but um, no. it's like book seven. Book seven was like sold out in. I, I can't remember, like uh, just like under twenty four hours or something. I think somebody sneezed and it was gone, basically, if I remember rightly, close to rightly with book seven. It was it was pretty popular, um, 
but yeah, so that is that is out. I, I myself, I, I'm torn. I don't know about you, gents, but I'm personally, I'm torn between actually getting a, a hard copy of this or just going with the digital format, which I have anyway for all my other books. I can't decide what to do because uh, it would be kind of nice to hold the have a copy of the first edition Heresy Rules. Um, well, in the long run, why not both? Yeah, that's true. It'd be a very long run, uh, very marathon-esque long run in my case. But I'm thinking I'll go digital first because it's always useful as a TO to have uh, have the iPad that's, around. That's probably what I'm doing as well. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Freddie? What are you planning? You fucking millennials. There's only one way to own books. What the fuck <laughs> yeah. is wrong with you people? Both. I'm lazy and don't want to have to look. Yeah, yeah, both ways. I was going to say, I'm lazy and don't want to have to figure through pages, but I like figuring through pages because they're awesome. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit like with a candlelight. I, I, I'm yes. planning it more like this. I'm going to get it digital now and then get it for Christmas. In, for, in Freddie, you're going to sit session. there like a Dickens character, aren't you, and read it by candlelight. Yeah. yeah. That's just because he's more, akin, more similar to Scrooge than anything else. Oh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. I would say that. It's, ouch, Chris. <laughs> I, I, I can very much say that's not the case. Hey, you should, you should <laughs> shut up. I'm yeah. taking your social support. Shut up. Shit. Shut up. And, yeah, social shut up. support? I'm not on social yeah, support. Well, student fucking allowance. That's the same thing. Some sort of allowance from the government that yeah, I'm paying I'm for. I'm not having any. I'm actually getting money other ways. You know, like working. Oh, well done. I thought I thought you were about to say, you know, working down the docks, but you, you sound like you have a property off. Well, there, there's, there, there's no docks here, so I have to do it other, other ways. Yeah. Ah, so you're getting creative about it. Fair enough. Well done, sir. But uh, no, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think I'll be the same, Chris. I think it'd be a case of buying it digitally and then having a, having a copy. But that's the big news. Pre-orders available on Friday. However long it takes for that pre-order to arrive, I don't care. Here well, it's usually, it's usually a week if it's a pre-order from Portwell. Yeah. Here comes the rule set. Here it comes. Batten down the hatches. Grab your toes. Don't drop the soap in the shower. It's and about to hit the Even wall. if you own a 7th edition rule book already, it's probably a good book to get because you get it's updated with some of the FAQs. It's got some very yeah. important it's got, details it's got, in there. It's, it's got multi-bombing and it's got... Uh, God, oh. fuck invisibility. Yeah, yeah. it's got, a, it's got a, a little change there instead of invisibility. It's got, no it's, more got invisibility. it's so much better. It's such a better better fucking thing. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, really, also, really have some, also have some rules for fortifications and stuff that's not longer available in other books. With uh, Stronghold no. Assault, is that right? Yeah. yeah, and uh, the other one, what's it called? City something. City of Death. Yeah, city Fights or City of Death? Yeah, city Fight Rules and uh, yeah. Assault. Whatever, There's, there were two released quite closely, and one of them is Stronghold Assault, and the other one is like an Escalation, whatever it is. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, it's in the book, and it's really, really good to have. Yeah. And uh, the Sermortalis rules are available online. Yes, they are, which is good, because yeah. that, that's... Yeah. Uh, awesome part of the game so that if is if you can't find them just ask uh, yeah drop us an email people. just drop, well, drop us an email PM. we can always help you out mm. and point you in the right direction uh, well they have a search option at the Fortral webpage and I've tried yeah. it out and I've written Zone Mortalis and I came to the rules or you click the download button the, in down the download in the download section it's actually not available anymore I looked the other day and they don't have Zone Mortalis rules but if you look, search for Zone Mortalis 
rule set or whatever in Google, you get to the first result is on Forgeworks website. So. <laughs> it's the it's the fucking scrap code is what it is. That's what's causing <laughs> the problem. But it's probably because they update they've updated their website quite a lot lately. Yeah, that too. So and some, sometimes some links are just dead and removed from dead and buried. Yeah, well, no, maybe obviously usually not intentional either. Just yeah, bad routing automated systems. Yeah, it's like the webway, in the <laughs> eternal city. It is. And, and uh, once you just. Uh, Walk out in the, at the wrong door and fall, fall through a black hole. Chasm or yeah. get eaten by lizards or whatever. Find, find yourself back in the stock room in 1997 and walk through and uh, find yourself in Freddy's parents' attic. You know, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, Either that's, or. that's the next season of Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger <laughs> Things <laughs> Series was, 3, was, Freddy's Attic. That was 1987, 19, mind you. Okay, fair enough. Then. 1987. Um, so yeah, the, the, that's that's the big thing. That's that's what's going to hit the heresy community. And I have to admit, I, I love the um, I love the comment on uh, the interview. I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the gentleman's name that they were interviewing, uh, the lead designer or whatever his name was, uh, whoever he is. It's like Alan something or other. If I remember, uh, I can't remember. Um, and basically, he was sort of saying the whole grenade thing came up. He's like, yeah, well, we've been playing it this way in the studio. This is kind of how we thought it would be. But apparently, that's not how it's get read. So, yeah, now, you know, multi-bombing, it's doable. <laughs> it's because, you know, squads, uh, you know, the, the whole yeah. thing is that they go out there to combat super heavies. And I, I, when I heard this, I was literally punching the air going, fuck yes. <laughs> the best part is it's now leading to lazy heresy, according to some people. Lazy heresy, the fuck? Yeah, it's lazy, lazy heresy, heresy to uh, to be able to use uh, more than one multi bomb. Learn to protect your super heavies properly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you know, take the threat out. That's tactical. Good God. Uh, yeah, they're they're not the most durable target if you open fire at them. Yeah, and if they're going after a super heavy, what's usually on the super heavy will fuck them up pretty quickly. So yeah. <laughs> uh, oh well, you can't please everybody all the time. Um, However, fuck yes, multi-bombing. Hashtag multi-bombing. Am I right, Freddie? Yeah, that's right. We've been going on about fucking... Mo- well, we have always multi-bombed. Yes, we have. <laughs> yeah, because we, never that's, that's, we never stopped. That's was how the rules read. That's written. Yeah, but uh, Chris, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole anymore, do we? No. It's awesome. It's in the book. It counts. <laughs> anyway. Um, so there we go. That is on its way out. That's going to be amazeballs. I cannot wait for that. Um, that's going to be so cool. So shall we actually go on to the, the stuff that we, we're going to talk about at this point where I jumped ahead instead? <laughs> and should we do a quick brief about the event series? Because I think we should. So this yeah. is the Varangian Heresy t- event series 2018. Now and This is just a short brief. It's not... Basically, have nothing to actually do with the events themselves. No, but is, do you want to take it's us through, for, Chris? It's for the event series, so it's good to know yeah. already. You want to take us through, we, buddy? Yeah, we will also have an entire episode dedicated to the event series and probably to every event further on. But uh, just a short brief there. Uh, story: Since this is story-driven, there will be some limitations next year that maybe not everyone will be happy with, but stay with us because we're trying to make it awesome anyway. And that is 
there's no custodes of this planet. Yeah, there's no custodes. Because time-wise, they can't be there. They're fighting and dying on, a, on an entirely different plane of existence. Should we? Should we actually, uh, Chris? Should we just do the, a little bit of a, a? Can you give a bit of a teaser of when this is set to help people give give get a rough idea? Well, it starts off at uh, a few months after Eastern Five, so it's still year 06 of M31, I think it is. So right at the very beginning of the heresy. Yeah, uh, so it's right at the start start of the Shadow Crusade that uh, Horus calls to claim as many worlds to get resources for the March of Terra. Yeah. So look at this as taking place somewhere around the same timeline as uh, Paramar. So it's important to, to to bear that in mind when we're talking at the start, about at least. yeah well well when we're talking about just just so everyone's clear when we're talking yeah. about sort of like limitations and such this is why this is where the story is um, yeah. sorry Matt, I just wanted to get that one in there while yeah, that, we that's had a the good chance note. yeah and because of this that's also why there's no customs and also no named characters because they were otherwise engaged or dead at this point. Oh, never forget Ferris Manus. <laughs> but the, but this is this is also well. There's not it's not only Ferris. There were several others that were actually dead or turned into a homicidal rage man called Cerberus. Yep. Or um, some sort of <laughs> some sort of robo messiah that was mashed in by a land uh, 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 Spartan tank or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So th this is to make it. Story driven. this because we're going for the story, story drive and it's also because it gives a bit freer to create the story so that's for us it's easier and for you it will be easier to take hopefully be easier to take the story with with you and into you and help us build it and uh, instead of no named characters there will be a system of basically upgrading your Praetor or Magus or whatever the, the solar Guy is called Le Lord, Lord Marshall. I was going to say yeah. unlucky, but um... <laughs> well, it's it's Legate or Lord Marshall, right? Yeah, something like that. And then we have Guy, that guy that happened to be on the top when they chose the militia regiment. <laughs> guy nobody the plan likes. Pl planetary overlord. Yeah, the guy with the biggest hat, basically. Yeah, the guy, the guy but, nobody liked and wanted to yeah. see die quickest. Yeah, full details of this is to come because, because as is the brief, but because we have to make it work properly for all of the factions, and not just have generic ones. Yep. And they, these characters will be you will be able to take them with you throughout the event series next year. So that's that's going to give you guys all the chance to build not just a character but a a story and an identity for your armies themselves that's that's one of the real drives that we, we want to go for is pushing the story pushing the the heresy creation the the energy and the fun from it there will also be possibly some sort of uh, challenge to create your the best looking leader you can do and then upgrade him and then maybe if you want to write a bit of fluff for him we will encourage it if nothing else Oh yeah, that would be so cool. Yeah, and uh, there will be more fluff. The fluff will be coming soon because I want uh, to put a other little teaser of the timeline because it takes place over several years. But the big, the big part of the 
individual fluff for the different events won't really happen until the event is uh, due, basically. Yep. A few weeks in front. So you won't get all of the fluff for the end event now, basically. Yeah, we'll be doing our good old-fashioned pre-event uh, episodes and hype build-up and all the all the crazies that you know and love from us here at the Vrangian Heresy. Um, yeah. And, you know, all, all, the, all the new and crazy fun stuff we can come up with as well. Yeah. And yep. as I said, this is the Shadow Crusade. So I'm going to read the three notes I have on this, which is Loyalist <laughs> Hell Planet, Traitor Attacking, Fuck Yeah Shadow Crusade. And that, that says it all, mate. That says absolutely everything <laughs> anybody needs to know. Well, the reason that uh, we have locked who's attacking, who's defending at the start is just for the story. Obviously, this will also mean that some certain things are locked in the story, what what is held and what is not held during the event series. But this will not really ruin what uh, what will happen because the traitors, even if the loyalist holds the capital, the traitors can still win every event, or the loyalists can win, but it, it will still end up the same in a in a way. Just like just like the heresy uh, the heresy universe itself, we have the main story. Stuff happens. We all know it's going to happen, but you get to but, play your part in it. Yeah, and it is what what you make that will build the story. Exactly. So it's all about the journey. Pretty much. Pretty but it will much. also be a, also be the end result of the if the if one side wins the siege, obviously, obviously they will win the planet or keep the planet. But that's just story, and that is, that's what we want to work out, what will happen. Oh, yes. And yep. you're, you're going to be part of it. Yeah. And the first event will be Assault on Amorion, which will take place at Lincoln. And we are planning to run it as a Centurion event, which means uh, quite a few limitations. Do any one of you have the Centurion limitations in your head or in front of you? Freddy, I, I would hope that you uh... have this automatically. <laughs> Yeah, I have them, but they're out in the living room, actually, spread on so the... Keep talking, keep talking. In the... Living room table. But it's basically 1,500 points. Its main focus is infantry, uh, skimmers, and dreadnoughts. So there's uh, basically... While we're doing a, a special variant of it, where you have to do a raider's uh, force org and a garrison force org, uh, also there's 0 to 1 uh, leviathans and, and some other... I can't remember it. The, I'm gonna, because I actually managed to find our, our little, work yeah, progress I, event package, package, and that says. I'm, I was sorting them out for BSK on Friday. That's why they're <laughs> covering my living room. Well, infantry walks and speeders should be the focus of your army, and the following units are restricted: tanks, flyers, including fire monsters, creatures, drop pods, super heavies, and lords of war are not allowed. And this makes also sense because story-wise, it is basically the assault of a spaceport and a starport. So in the Spain space and on the ground. Yeah, it's, so, the, it's the, as you say, it's the initial, as it says yeah. all of the name, it's the initial assault to get in there, kick ass, take names, and, and hopefully make a foothold for you're the not campaign. To, you're not allowed to drop on a super heavy on, on top of a space station, basically. No. So it's basically <laughs> your pathfinders, your infiltrators, your, yeah. your kind of strike force. And bikes, attack bikes, jet bikes, artillery, monstrous creatures, leviathan, siege, drag notes are a one to save to one choice, and no spare characters as mentioned. And regard to fortifications during the event, the players will feel either raided, attachment, the garrison attachment, and only the garrison attachments are allowed to feel fortifications. And we will work out exactly what these can be 
and that will be the final event pack. Yeah, which I... will, which will the new rulebook will help us with. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So but, uh, we, are, we are also but, waiting but, a bit for that book so we know what's in it and what uh, is easier easiest for people to use. Yeah. But I, I think uh, a few clarification is that zero to one for those things is means that you can only have one Leviathan, you can have only have one attack pike and so on. So you see, you know, it's but zero not, to one choice. Not zero to one squadron, zero to one actual choice. Choice. Yeah. Yeah. But but also it. It means that you can have one attack bike, one Leviathan, and so on. So it's not zero to one, one of all of them. No, but it's, it's you can't run squadrons, basically. Yeah, and you also saying. have to adhere to the force organization and the points limit, which is set as 1,500 points. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff, but God damn, it's going to be fun. And, and there will be no rights of wars, because uh, the Raider and Garrison has their own uh, brackets, rights of war rules. And you also get enough bonuses just running them. Yeah. Because a raid of force org just requires you to take uh, uh, an HQ and uh, elites. Yep. So that and is... elite becomes scoring automatically. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is basically an overview of uh, of the first event um, and what what's coming up. And as Chris said, we're going to be going over this in a lot more detail as we move forward. There's going to be so much more to come. We're also mentioning it already because we want to encourage you that will attend to maybe do. If you want to a new force or an addition to your old force, just make it up, yep. and you will have enough, hopefully enough lead lead time to make something up for fifteen points. Although I, mu I must say I've been thinking, and uh, you, you say you can't drop pod a, a super heavy tank in anywhere, Chris. I've seen the I saw the new A team film. They can fly them. I reckon we could do it. I reckon <laughs> we could do it. And if it survives, there's a time and place for drop podding super heavies, and usually that's towards the end of the year. Oh, yeah. fine. All right then. Can, can I fly? Can I fly a fell blade in? That's all I want to do. I want to yeah, try and land a fell uh, blade. All of a sudden, we have uh, sorted out all of those uh, manticore batteries oh. on the <laughs> fortress walls. Fuck it, as long as he gets a six-up jink, I'll take it. <laughs> no, no, they, they, the uh, Manticore specifically says you get no jinxing. Damn it. Uh, and, all, and also, in the rules, super heavies can't jink. I'm sorry, mate. Oh, but... <laughs> so fuck the... Fine. Uh, no matter what you do. <laughs> fine, fine. You just guys will, you guys just want to spoil all my fun. That's all it is. Pretty much. Oh, fair enough. Oh, wait, did I say that out loud? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> just a little bit. Um, so, no, but uh, as we mentioned, this is for next year, so there, you've got about well, you've got more than six months, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Well, know. we we could uh, probably just do an overview what just roughly that, well, the the event will be kind of sort of escalation, help people you know, focus on maybe building a new army, maybe, you know, expanding the current army, uh, like get the new adjustment, maybe try out some different troop options or whatnot. It's just, you know, ha have that progression of your force, starting up with a small Centurion force, moving on to vehicles, moving on to, like, combined arms, moving on to madness. All about the madness. <laughs> Which is moving moving on to that Titan mandible you always wanted. <laughs> exactly. Well, we all want... <coughs> oh, excuse me. Sorry, that was a Nurgle, uh, Nurgle infestation all of a sudden there. I think that's what happens when you start talking about uh, drop podding in, um, you know, yeah. or, or flying in Fellblades, you know, n Papa Nurgle wants in. But, um, yeah, no, it's going to be all shades of crazy and fun, which is what we do. 
but so important. so so far we're putting out teasers, but uh, everything will be more finalized once all of us have a copy of the new rulebook. Oh yeah. yes. Oh yeah. Also, I've started a a project to have a display army for Lincoln. If anyone's interested. Oh well, we will Which be. Is my, Ultramarines 22nd chapter. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. There's something a little special about the 22nd chapter, isn't there, if I remember rightly? Yeah, they're... Uh, well, they're, they're the most favourite of uh, Gilliman, because they're mostly destroyers. Oh. They have <laughs> two entire companies of destroyers in that chapter. Awesome. That's going to be so much fun to see. Yeah. So this, this will uh, just be like my... Because I'm not playing, I might as well do something else. Yeah. Well, definitely. Well... Then I think it's time that before we before we head on into our main section that we pop down and we go we start talking and doing a list review which has been sent in to us because this is a, this is an important thing because this has come from Sebastian Jensen um, and he has sent us in a three thousand hang on let me check five hundred three thousand five hundred it's like yep. two hundred fifty points shy yeah but that's because I didn't update the total points when I included the Argus tank. Okay, 3500 army point army. Yeah. And if I run through it, you guys ready to give some points of view? Yep. It is a 1000 sons army. Uh has he decided whether it's trait? Yes, good boy. It's a traitor. That's what I like to see. He's he's running armored breakthrough. So uh I do believe he he like he liked the thought of the emperor's children. Now he's going to show you how to do it with you know <laughs> uh, a bit of abracadabra in there as well. For yeah, him. it's uh, no one no one can beat perfection. It's a bit uh, sad that they can't take psychic pilots on their tanks. Uh, that would be so cool. Uh, That's so, more of a grain, I think. Uh, true. Um, so basically, he is starting off with a he's got a pair of praetors in his list. The first praetor is um, rocking. Uh, Califracti, or they're both rocking Califracti Terminator armor. Um, they're looking pretty similar. So, digital lasers, iron halo, both master level three, uh, paragon blades. Uh, one of them is carrying a thunder hammer, a volkite charger. Um, and then we've got both of them are running uh, Cult Arcana Raptora, so telekinesis. In the elite section, he's got. Uh, they're also Psychic Monster 3. Thank you very much. Yes, good catch. I missed that. There's so much information in this particular printout. Um, yeah, but that's because he's too stubborn to get uh, quartermaster. Quarter <laughs> yeah, no, oh, no, not too stubborn. Too cheap. <laughs> it's basically the same thing in this case. I think that's a fair thing. He anyway. can't afford a 50 Danish kroner to cost. So, yeah, we're calling you out on that, sir. You've got to get it sorted, bro. Um, so, in his elite section, he's got two apothecary. He's got apothecary detachment. Uh, again, telekinesis, uh, which is seems to be a running theme. Uh, they're both in artificer armor with uh, chainswords. Then we've got <laughs> this is going to be everybody's favorite a Sekhmet Terminator squad, where we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten Sekhmet Terminators. Uh, yep, and there are five force axes in that group, or six force axes in that group, um, and then two chain fists with combi bolters, and they're rocking in a Spartan assault tank, um, ceramite, dozer blade, flare shield, quad lazies, <laughs> and a twinning heavy bolter, and he's not got, he's got one, not just one, he's got two of those, those are his two troop choices. Yeah, one preparation. Elite, elite choices, sorry, yes, so two... Ten man squads of Sekhmet Terminators. Oh dear lord! Um, well, in Spartan assault tanks. There's one preparator, so that's a good. 
yeah, deal, no, it's, isn't it? It's, it's it's a good deal. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Uh, sorry, those were his elite choices. Uh, then in the troop section, he has uh, Predator Strike Squadron. So we've got uh, four single uh, pre- uh, single tank uh, Predator squ- Strike Squadrons. So each one is rocking a Predator cannon, dozer blades, and extra armor. So that's four troop slots for single Predators. In his fast attack, he is running a Javelin Attack Speeder Squadron, and those have multi-melters and twin-link LAS cannons. And then in his heavy support section, he has two separate, or two single, um, Sikoran Venator tank destroyers with armoured ceramite and dozer blades, and a Sikoran Arcus with Skyfire, armoured ceramite and dozer blade. Whew! That's yeah. And that one wasn't available in Battle Scribe, so that's why. Ah, that's why it's in there. Yeah, <laughs> Quartermaster is the way forward. Um, so I don't think it's in Quartermaster yet, either, unless you put it in yourself, though. But it's still a better program. At least you can do that. Put it. Not in yourself, biased. I mean. Not biased. Not biased. Don't know. So <laughs> there we are. Three and a half thousand points. Wait, wait. How many Venators? Uh, two Sakara Venators <laughs> in the heavy support. Um, yeah, but the uh, last one is the Arcus and Skyfire. Skyfire me for some anti-air. Yep. So, so three three laser destroyers. Uh, two. No, that's the Sork. No. Two tank, so two, two two Venators. Two Venator tank destroyers. Singly, and the fucking and the Arcus spreader. and the Arcus gigantic battery of doom. Um, yep. And then, like we said, two javelin a javelin squad. The tank of Third Kingdom. Yep, and then four individual Predator uh, tanks as his troop choices, and then two basic fuck-off units, as far as I'm concerned, which is the 10 Secmate Terminators in Spartan Assault Tanks. Each with a prayer tool rolling with them. So, initial thoughts on the list? Sure, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, sure, why not? Okay. I actually quite like it. Freddy? No. Uh, Sekhmets, do they have implacable advance? Uh, good question. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Chris, do you have your book uh, yeah, 70 Keep hand? talking. Keep okay, talking. well, you mean, are you saying it's useful if they do because they are effectively a ground capture unit? Uh, much better oh, than oh. running... Yeah, because... Uh, Otherwise, I asked the four predators those, to get killed those, by someone sneezing those, at them. Yeah, those four predators are fucking vulnerable. That's my problem when I'm running Armored Breakthrough. It's yeah. basically, I have to go for fucking table wipes. Yeah, because they're, they're basically um, tinfoil otherwise. Yeah, because the, the one thing that I need to put in mind, but I did it all tanks just because of transport. Um when I was flying to the States, yep. is that really the other guys that I met that had armor breakthrough that did really well, they either had veterans in rhinos or some tacticals in rhinos just for like uh, objective grabbing purposes. Gotcha. And have a bit more resilience and staying power. Because the, the good thing with armor breakthrough is that you have so much fucking nasty stuff that that people tend to struggle with dealing with any infantry that you like even use basic goons yeah. in a rhino because they will be shooting at your sikarans they will shoot at your land raiders and shoot because they can provide more damage output but if you only have your 
predators, they will fucking they 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 will stay away from that those two Death Stars and just fuck up those four predators because that's pretty easy. Yeah, and they don't have they don't have implacable yeah. advance, huh? No. Okay. Uh. Fair enough then. So that that leaves them in a position where they're not they're basically all the scoring or all the mission scoring comes down to those four individual. Uh, yeah, predators. Predators, which is gonna, at least they are individual in that case. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Still, still quite easy to kill, but at least they're individual. Well, the thing is, what he can do is he could kind of skulk with them behind terrain and stuff, and then rush objectives. But yeah, yeah. in missions where you have to get, well, it all depends on what missions he's playing because. The, if he's playing the stock standard missions, then obviously they'll have to rush different objectives. If he's doing any of the other, like, uh, book-specific ones, basically where you have to get uh, units to the other side of the board or, uh, and, like, hold objectives in the center of the boards and stuff, that he's going to struggle a bit. Yeah. I know I know, I struggle, and I only... But I'm, like, even worse out than he because I only run three Predators. Okay, well, as your as your troop choice, you mean? Yeah, but yeah. I tend to use my Sikorans as some sort of like yeah, operation screen in front of them. Okay, so make make the slightly tastier targets the most likely. Yeah, uh, and also block them so they can't shoot at the predators. Yeah, basically like a moving fucking Forward. screen until yeah. they blow up, obviously, but. Well, and that that does happen, you know, shit yeah. happens in that case, but. I know, but it, it it's a it's a. It's a tough list. Yeah. It's going to be hard to counter that. But I think if I was facing it, I would just stay away from the fucking Sekhmets and, uh, and the Flare Shielded Spartans and make sure I killed off all the Predators. Yeah. Just to go for the weak point, which is the scoring. And, and, and also in the kill point miss- mission, like that Spartan, that those... Two are six kill points if you kill all of them. Yeah, because you but, got you got the units, you got the Spartans, and you got the independent characters. But, yeah, but you can get. It's really hard for them to score six kill points though. Out of themselves. Yeah, I get you. But it but it's easy for you to rack up more kill points by killing the rest of the army. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, those are almost a, a bonus. Uh, but you know, if you can pop one of those and take out what's inside of it, you're going to pick up a bonus uh, six or whatever points of um, of kill points. Whereas if you take out the predators and the uh, the venators, you've got six points there straight away, kind of thing. Yeah, which is easier to kill than to kill those uh, two units of segments, the two predators and two spartans. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. So I know, but but the 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 thing is, it, it, as soon as the, it's objectives, everyone's going to go hunting for those predators. Yeah, and they're not that hard to kill. No. So as a as a uh, as an overall, if you're playing a one a, a straight up slugfest, this is a nasty piece of work. This list. Yeah. Um, it does again. It still has its its flaws with the whole um, troops and everything, and the the uh, any sort of option. If anything comes up that's troop related. Uh, but if you're out and out just beating face against someone, you're going to do okay. You do probably yeah, do a, more it, than okay, it, to be fair. Well, it's a, if it's a kill point mission, 
I still think those Sekhmets um, predators have to kill well each of them has to kill at least three units so those two together have to kill six units to make up for the victory points that they're worth yep. yeah I can see which that kind of struggles in six turns yeah unless you can get some good consolidation hops or something yeah, unless you get like easy and nasty, tasty units like you pop a, a rhino there and or you slaughter like a tactical squad here and there. Yeah. But but you only have six turns, and one turn they will be driving like motherfuckers. Yeah. Chris, you were about to say something there, bud. I was going to say I like this armor list from the theme. Oh yeah. Because it will look really cool and it is quite cool like that. But as Freddy said, it will be really. Maybe not the most effective list, so to speak. It might just fail in its base mission. Like... No. But the, the, the main thing with Armored Breakthrough is that it's sexy and fucking cool, and it's the coolest... It's one of the best Ride Wars and lists that I think of. Like that one and, and Drop like the, the Orbital Drop Assault. Assault. Orbital Assault one. Yeah. They are my absolute favorite, and I just love them. I just love the thematic. Like You, you can't go wrong with making it look fucking awesome at the table. It's super, but, super legion, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's super. It, it's like everything that I think about the heresy in, in like the massive amount of armor rolling forward, combined arms, storming the, kind the of thing. Problem, the problem is it's way too easy to make it not work in game. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it's... It, it, but the, 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 with those lists, they're very much hit and miss. Like either you will fucking nail it and rob roll someone or everything would just fall apart yeah so but that's a bit of a joy with playing them as well I reckon yeah I have. I must admit I haven't played those types of lists yet it's I it's like to. high risk high reward yeah so it could be it could be a real thrill seeking uh, thrill real thrill ride for for uh, playing them and it could pay off big yeah. or it could be something that you greatly struggle with to to actually be um, successful with, but I tell you what, Seb, you've got a really interesting, uh, interesting legion to do it with because you've got a lot of interesting options with the telekinesis as well when it comes to the psychic powers, uh, yeah. which could easily augment stuff uh, and do some some proper dickery when it comes to your opponents as well. So um, yeah, it will it will be a massive amount of dickery. But if he, he if he wants to make it more whack then obviously chuck in maybe at least two units of regular infantry in rhinos and then I think it will be uh, then it will be super hard but the way it is now at least at least the opponent like I think it's it's not a fucking dickless the way it is now I think because it's it's like it could go either way yeah, because because of the you have the only the four predators to hold the score objectives. Yeah, so, so it, it's got uh, it's got a it's got an Achilles heel in it. Um, yeah, so it's not going to be it's not going to be something that people look at on the table and go, no, I don't want to play it. But it's got mm. the it's got the out the other side of that where it could be a real um, a real challenge to be effective in game and to um, actually. You know, give you a chance at, at, at you know putting some wins up. Uh, well, it, like it, 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 it will it will suffer against uh, any list that 
drop pods or have like those crazy blood angel assault lists that could actually just land next to the fucking predators so you can't hide yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, or or mass infiltrating armies that can just decide decide to put their you know heavy weapons squads so there's basically no place to hide. Yeah, so it's basically null null deployment armies are going to be a bane of this thing uh, yeah. if, if they're not careful. If you're not careful how you how you position everything. Um, but uh, the, the same same is when with my armor assault like it, it's enough that the guy has three drop pods with like. Uh, some sort of dreadnoughts and leviathans and you're pretty much fucked because <laughs> yeah. because those three predators they're just gone as then yeah so they they do they do take the kicking but i mean overall i mean okay disregard my reaction to the the sekmet because i've seen them in action sekmet break heads um and they're they're very nasty and that's a lot of them um but you're talking to a guy who who's happy to run you know, ten tyrants at a time. So I'm not exactly got a leg to stand on when it comes to complaining about stuff. Um, but apart apart from that, I think we nailed it on the head there. That you know, the list as it stands has got its Achilles heel. So it's it's got um, playability for your opponent. It's got something they can play against and feel like they've got a chance on. And um, the the list can be uh, in in sort of air quotes fixed. Uh, and make it a much more um, win, not not win at all costs. I would I wouldn't use whack as a description, but a much more. Uh, it, it would take away its its Achilles resilient. Immediate. Yeah, it would much take more well, resilient. Resilient. Yeah, well, it would take away its immediate Achilles heel by putting in just two rhinos of ten tacticals. Yeah. You know that would take away its major Achilles heel right now as it stands. Uh, and given the other. Thousand Suns list we've seen recently. This is not uh, nearly as. Magnus in Zone Mortalis, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 was, I was trying to find a fancy word, but you put it best, I think. Yeah. Magnus in Zone Mortalis, not said. Um. But, but I think the, the main thing that uh, Sebastian wants to get out of this, uh, like, what what is the initial thought of the list? And I think. Regardless if it's uh, whack or not, it, it will look fucking amazing on the tabletop, and that yeah. is really in the end all that matters. Thousand yeah. Suns is one of the most beautiful color schemes out there. Uh, the metallic red is absolutely gorgeous, uh, and yeah, it's it's in for a good, um, a really good time playing this one. I think you're going to have a blast playing it, and um, like I said, it covers in, it covers every base. In my head, well, I, immediately as I think about it, covers every base in my head, as far as my in my head, because your opponents can play against it. It has it has an Achilles heel. You can have fun playing it, and you know it does have options to make it more of an aggressive playing or, as we said, resilient. Excuse me, resilient army. If you feel the need to do that, and it, it is not psychic power over the top either, which is pretty nice. Although, as Chris said, if they could take psychic pilots on their um, <laughs> on their vehicles, I think they'd be screaming to do it. So um, that's yeah. what's, uh, that was what was lovely when I played Grey Knights back in fifth and sixth. Yeah, well, Grey Knights. <laughs> There's also a reason I'm a ba- baby carriers for Christ's sake. That says everything. 
actually, robotic be... robotic baby Bjorns. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you paint them up uh, decently, they're quite cool. They oh they they they're good models. They really are. Uh, but still, they're they're just really too static. But that's not what we're talking about now. No, that's true. Uh, so overall, uh, we're going to do if we do this uh, a sort of a fluff score on a um, let's think on a on a one to, on a one to ten scale. How many pyramids out of ten would you give this for um, sort of fluffiness uh, and play uh, fluffiness and overall? Um, sort of good feels for an army uh, how would you feel facing this is what I'm thinking let's go with uh, Freddy well, I'll give it a 7 because I would probably want to see the, the one thing that's missing and that it has uh, like a, the, the HQ choice for a vehicle because I always imagine an army breakthrough having a HQ choice as a vehicle then I'm not so worried about the combined arms really yeah Fair point. Um, and Chris, what would you say, bud? Well, it depends. Fluff or in-game? <laughs> Both. One after the other. How many pyramids would you give it for fluff? How many would you give it for in-game? Fl- fl- fluff, it would have a higher score before Prospero, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> because otherwise, after that, they wouldn't have resources to put that together. This is true. This is true. Or would this, they? Or would, uh, yeah. No, they're not Alpha Legion, so no. <laughs> or Dark Angels for that reason. So, okay, but on the tabletop? I, I play Mechanicum. It wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, fair. Oh, all right, well, fine. You, you and your but robot. Still, but still, it would be a f- fun list to face, and I wouldn't would really have to run circles around the segment, but... It's a cool list, and we I think we've talked about the list. What we, what would be done to make it more well more playable or more winnable? But the list will look cool, and I will be happy with just playing it for that reason. Cool. So overall, what would you give it score-wise then on this one? Seven and six pyramids. Seven seven pyramids for fluff. Six pyramids for play for playing on the tabletop. Nice. More pyramids if it was. Uh, pre-heresy list. Pre-heresy, right? Okay. <laughs> or pre-prosper list. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to echo echo my uh, my colleagues here. I'm going to say I'm actually going to give it a seven four on the tabletop because again it's it's a nice um, uh, it's a nice uh, it's a nice army. It seems well balanced. Uh, like I've already said, going over it again, well balanced. There's room for improvement uh, and it can play for your opponent. Um, as far as um, fluff is concerned, um, uh, let's see. Um, fluff is concerned. It, it's it's. I like it because it's different. I will be honest. I like it because it's different. Um, it's not the usual. Um, even the emerging sort of Thousand Suns meta. Yes, it has its massive uh, segment terminators, but they're they fit. They're in their armored units and they've got their thing and that's cool um and uh yeah i I think it i think it's a seven as well up there i'll give it seven 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 pyramids across the board so So you're copying me yeah but i gave my reasons yeah you have no free will i have free will i have free will if you let me use it don't don't you don't you question my free will i ask nicely if i'm allowed to use it so you know um 
no, in all seriousness, it's seven, seven and seven, a Toblerone bar from me, because it's it, it's it's just got room for improvement and it, it does enough to make it interesting. Uh, but there are a few sort of, um, yeah, I, I don't know what it is on the fluff side. I'd like to see something. There's something that just feels like it's missing for me. Don't know what it is, but that's that. Red face. It's red face. <laughs> No, it's a tank commander. It's a tank commander, I tell you. It's you well, you're calling tank commander. I, I, no, I, but but okay, I'm sorry. Like that, it's just that I'm obsessed, and, I, and it's uh, because you know since, like I, since I read Sebastian's PM in Facebook, yeah. I I pictured some awesomely super cool converted command tank. Oh with fuck like, yeah, they're uh, gonna, some, they could be amazing. I mean, they're just the, the theme. With like some cool uh, thousand sun tank commander with all these bells and whistles looking out there. So unfortunately, I couldn't delete that out of my head, and hence why I gave my square as a seven. Because no, that's now, right. now I crave for this tank commander. Do you know what? I, to see it, to see it to be a bit more, a bit more fluffy for me, and this is just my, how I'd look at it. I'd like to see the take the Sekhmet terminators down by a couple, uh, bring bring the size down a little bit of the squads, and then see if you can jam another predator or or two in there. Or something along those lines. Maybe add another predator, so you have got a few more options that way. Just so it feels a bit bigger uh, on the armored side. But again, I don't know if that's possible with the with the, the setup, or if you've got to start squadroning them up at that point, or whatever. But just just try and get a few more tanks in there. That's all. That's my my take on it. But um, on the troop side. Uh, but but like that's it. because you're an iron warrior player. Well, yeah, there is that as well. Don't 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 so, judge me. I mean, so you know, you're you're, you're, bias, you're bias. Yes. Yes, I am. You don't you don't understand this segment thing, so you're just like, well, it's I, I don't understand this this mind bullet thing. So no, just put more tanks in there and you know do it properly. God damn it! Yes, all right, I've been discovered. Um, so, well, the the most important thing to take away from all our la- ramblings, this is a list that uh, we would happily play against because oh, yeah. it will yeah. be fun. It will be a and lot of fun. I had a thought here while when when we were talking about this list, and that is for our second event next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is this tank event. How about encouraging people to maybe do up their ta- their command tank as a proper com- tank commander? Oh, that would be cool. Power sword waving is encouraged. Oh yeah, it, it has to have that t- drove me closer so they can hit the with my sword feel. Otherwise, it's not really a tank commander. Well, unfortunately for the second event, you have to have a tank commander of some sort. So. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. It's got the yeah. classic tank commander feel. Doesn't matter who it is, what list it is, he needs to be pointing to be t- taken close to be hitting people with his sword or hammer yeah. or claw or whatever or kopesh or whatever. Because nothing is more work, <laughs> work, health and safety like having a fucking chainsword in a closed compartment in a fighting vehicle and try and try to draw that and. This but is the 31st right. millennium. Nobody gives a fuck about and work and safety. That's why the time commander uses it out of the top hatch. You can't <laughs> uh-huh. rev it up inside of the tank. You just have How to pop fuck? your head out of the top hatch. Have you been in a hatch of an armored vehicle? How the fuck does he nope. draw the sword? I have. Uh, does it, does it, and does that's not possible. Stand- does he stand outside first and draw it and then no, slide no, he, back he, in? He puts the, the, the sword up first. And laced on top, and then tries to drag himself out. But of how? Uh, trust me, if you if you were sitting in a fucking tank, you wouldn't be able to draw a sword. You don't okay. have to draw it. You just have to have to basically sit on top of the tank in a pretend turret because this is not a real tank. Seriously though, if you're in a tank, why the hell would you want to be doing anything like writing it down on paper or drawing pictures? I don't get it. What? 
but no. Okay, wrong, oh shit, wrong type of drawing. Sorry. Okay. Uh, fair <laughs> no, point. but actually, if they would be smart, if I designed it, seeing as this is my forte, I would like in the old school 17th century, you had those holsters for your your flintlock pistols on the horse. That yep. should be on the turret. There should be like a holster for his chainsword. So well, when he there's jumps a modeling up challenge he... for you. Holster your chainsaws, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have them on those tank commanders. Yeah, but this is, uh, we will talk about this more in our event prep yeah. episode that will come up in a few weeks. Hell, we're going to talk about it as old, as, as much as possible because it's just cool. Yeah, but you are but totally right, more, Chris. More of, we need to work out the details for both. We might have a bit of a challenge, you never know. Mm. Oh, yeah. We are never adver- adverse to... Well, they, they, they might have, like, each tank, each command tank has one single tank to Sentinix that sit back on the tank because he's not allowed inside the tank. And all he does, he's the sword boy. So when the commander comes up, he just screams sword boy, and then he has to climb back up the tank and give him his sword. And for those of you who are listening, this is probably the most in-jokey we can make this. If you can model the well-known Varangian heresy or, or heresy sword boy from Sweden on top of the tank, awesome. <laughs> Bonus points. Simple as that. <laughs> Bonus points. Anyway, yeah. uh, let's let's move on. Uh, th- actually, we get to move on now to our main topic of this evening, which is going to be Heresy 101 with the uh, very sumptuous and lovely uh, Mr. J.P. Matthew from the Age of Darkness and the man, the beard, the legend, Mr. Ryan Kimmel uh, from the Radio Free Istvan. So we are going to head on out to a tune and we'll be right back with Heresy 101.
and we're back. And my word, we are in our virtual studio. We are graced with the presence of 30k royalty. Not not just Freddie himself, but there are men that are legends, and then there are JP and Ryan. Um, so we are introducing. Mr. Mr. JP from the Age of Darkness podcast. How you doing, brother? I am doing fantastic. I am doing fantastic, and thank you so much for having me on the show once again. It's great to talk to you guys. Oh, we love having you on, man. We love having you on. You keep us all sane, man. That's what it's all about. And uh, also, Mr. Ryan Kimmel, the Kimmel child, the man himself. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. Your intros uh, always inflate my ego so much. I'm going to have you record like... 30 of them, and then I'm just going to like play them every morning when I wake up, like before I present myself to the world. Like, you're, you're, you're psych up music. You, you got your psych up track? That's yeah. Your walk on then, having Jody talking. Yeah, I, just, I, can, I, can do, I can do that. I can, I can do the sort of walk on music, do the whole Vegas announcer kind of thing for you. Get you get and, then, and then every time my wife yells at me for being a meathead chimpanzee, I'll just be like, oh, no, no, no. And I'll just play you saying nice things about me. Seem like, be like, see? <laughs> Yeah, see, see, it's 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 fine. It's just like that. Obviously, at the end, it will be. This has been approved by the Ranging Heresy podcast. This is this is purely yeah. for Ryan's self-esteem and therefore not usable by any other persons. Uh, see, and I just have to, to to mention this. We are in no way compensating for the lack of beards on last episode with this episode. Yeah, you are. You are. You know you are. That's the thing. You know you are compensating for beards for that. You have. To, we have to have the beard to. Um, what's the right phrase for um, somebody without a beard? Uh, woman beard to woman ratio uh, has to be um, basically it has to be corrected. So obviously, mm -hmm. you know, with JP and Ryan and myself here, things are back to their natural balance. Well, lucky you haven't shaved then. Oh, oh wow, wow, well stubble. Yeah, that counts. It's 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 not shaven, so stubble it's doesn't count. <laughs> Getting a proper mighty beard takes months of effort and of of not making effort to shave, uh, <laughs> which is an effort. I mean, come on, it's, it's, it's you an know, effort to not make effort. Get... No, no, it, it takes months of non-effort, which is effort yes. in itself. But everybody needs exactly. a mighty beard. It, it is part of it's part of life's many rituals as a man is to grow a beard or you know attempt to grow a beard at least and and realize that when you fail um yeah you, you can no longer be a man um but you know i digress and i, I don't particularly want to do you know degenerate any i'm not gonna lie i i saved a screenshot of tim over at eye of horus and that little woolly <laughs> caterpillar of a mustache <laughs> that he had on that live stream for that drawing and I look at it about every other day and giggle to myself and then message him and go what the hell is this thing on your lip Tim what are you doing Shit, I thought that was just bad shadow oh no oh no is, is that really the like... best he can do no no I, I, I don't know but it's it reminds me I had a very ugly female math teacher in high school and she had a better mustache than that. <laughs> you can't even do substitute teacher uh, substitute teacher level uh, facial hair, Tim. You yeah, know, you've Tim, been called you've out been called match. out. Do you even stash, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, do you even stash, bro? We've got to get it right. Um, so before we get completely derailed down the facial hair uh, track, which is very easy to go into, uh, our main segment tonight, as you already know, it is Heresy 101, or if you find yourself Heresy Curious, 
and glancing over in the, the uh, those tables over in in the gaming center or your local game friendly local gaming store or you know you've heard about it whispered around a, a GW store because obviously you know that's not allowed in there for any particular reason uh, and you just want to know how do I begin how do I get in touch with my my inner heresy how do I my, get my fingers <coughs> in my inner heretic in a, in a well, okay, my inner heretic, my inner, you know, well, light that boy. That imply that you had an actual heretic in you instead of being a heretic yourself. Well, we don't judge, not on this show. Um, so, this is what we're here to do, and we have, as we say, we have two, two of the most knowledgeable men on the on the other on the circuit of podcasts because we have, obviously, Ryan. You you are renowned for your uh, knowledge and list breakdowns and and you know you you go from strength to strength on that and from i've been out of the loop i mean i'm back back from holiday for a week and i come back and you're practically running adepticon next year i mean you know no uh, no no <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm not trying to shit stuff but you are involved you're, you're doing great things over there so you know your stuff very well and jp i mean you are the fluff meister you are the man who knows the story and uh, for anybody who's Listen to the uh, Age of Darkness battlecasts. Um, we 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 know that you have a have a love for the story, my friend. You 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 love the story, and you're just you're just a happy dice thrower, man. You're just happy to pick up some dice and throw them. Um, I, I, <laughs> it's a good thing marks there, isn't it? Really, it, it, to be fair. I, I find that you're glossing over the real reason you had me on the show is as a control group, uh, because I famously do not know the rules. <laughs> I wouldn't say you don't know the rules. I'm just trying to, you know, obviously make people aware that there are some areas in which which improvement is required, and yes. it helps to uh, have somebody who has that need when we're trying to communicate to those who are 30k curious. Hmm. But but so, you know, in, in JP's uh, defense, he does know the background of every single militiaman he has yes. in his army. I can tell you the story of every single Volgan officer in my in in my militia army, uh, but I can't tell you how many dice I need to roll. No, no, you can't tell me like if I have weapon skill five and you have four. What do I need to hit? Hold on, that'd be a three. I know this one. I know this one. Is it three? What's weapon skill? What's weapon skill? Yes. Oh, why can't it just What's be eight? Oh. <laughs> I beg pardon there, JP. <laughs> I'm starting shit early. Um, no, uh, um, I, I'm, we get I'm... a couple of beers, and a few toasts, <laughs> a few topics in before we start, you know, shit slinging like that. I mean, let's let's behave ourselves just a touch right now, okay? Uh, I'm gonna have to throw my uh, throw my moderator hat in there and go shush. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, we we we're here, and and Freddie. Yeah, uh, this this is your your brainchild because I mean we've all I think we've all can say that we've had people friends guys in the local gaming store or group or whatever come up to us and say, you know, how 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 do you get into this? How how did you get there? And you know you brought this to us, Freddie. So why don't you sort of lead us out on this one, man? Well, like the the idea of this episode kind of ha happened when I went to um, Nicholas's event the two weekends ago, and we had because we were jointly in the same room as the 40k pe people and there were so many people coming over and asking so many questions and they were so curious and like how does this work and how does that work and oh this is not like 40k and especially now when everyone's playing AFED uh, and it seems to a lot of people has come back in the, into the like like it happens with every edition change you always have an influx of people 
So a lot of people that haven't played 40k for a long time, like not not even for from like Ryan's favorite edition fifth, <laughs> have yeah. come back come back into the hobby because they're like, oh, maybe it's like the good old days, and they come back and they they look a bit at heresy and they're like, what what's this like this? I I don't know what this is. So they so they also think that heresy is kind of like part of the new edition, new launch, and and there's so many questions. And I thought like, well, with the release of the new rules coming up uh, basically next month first edition heresy baby yeah or 7.1 i'm all inclusive i don't want to start any any massive arguments again uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> so <laughs> and multi-bombing whatever <laughs> that's the thing that's the thing now uh so, you know it. so what i thought is that for once like let, let's do it because I remember doing an episode. Let's I do think an it was informative like, episode. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think we did like uh, the first episode or something way back, and I think even, I think even RFI, Age of Darkness, I of Horus, like uh, everyone, like the Northern Heresy, everyone has like way back in the beginning of Dawn of Time, we did like an episode like what's the difference between Horus Heresy and 40k? But now we don't have to do that. Now we just have to talk about how is 40k and why do we play it and and like what what makes us so passionate about what we're playing and how how are the rules working what what do you look to like how do you get into the hobby and i've i've had heaps of questions about heresy lately i don't know why it, it, it just seems to be growing a lot uh, and i keep get, getting like daily pms about like oh i'm, I'm like heresy curious uh What's the difference between this? And I know why, but I don't want to. I know why, but I don't want to yeah. trigger any aethers. But I <laughs> kind of have. Oh my god, is that a thing now? Aethers? That's yeah. a thing now. Oh my god. All right, cool. Fair enough. Fucking like Quakers, but you know, weirder. Fucking Gen Eight. <laughs> aethers. Generation Eight. Generation, Generation Eight. eight. Uh, no, but no. Regardless of what we think about those things. <laughs> At least it still means that 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 people people are generally curious, and I don't know. Like uh, going back a couple of months, or even like last year, I haven't had this this amount of questions asking about heresy and what's going on with heresy, and tell me a bit more about heresy and how does the game work and what what do you do and like, uh, do you only play legions? And I keep saying, I know, I know, you can play heaps of stuff. Like this, not only legions. It's just the Xenos ones that normally aren't aren't with you unless you do a special campaign and stuff, and then and so on. So I thought that this episode was going to be about you know the heresy in general. What do you need? How do you play? How do you start? What kind of stuff do you want to look at? How how how, how does the heresy community interact? And and uh, you know try to break down like that barrier between looking from the outside into a community that's been really well established com compared to, I remember running the first link on and every, everyone was kind of brand new. No one knew each other and it's grown into this massive sort of horror heresy thing that, that seriously, I think last, uh, was it like last, I can't remember the, the last event I attended, like e even up in, um, I can't remember the place of the name, uh, but anyway, last place it was like the equal size of 40k. So it it has like grown a lot, and and we always have like fully sold out events. Like this year, it's been like crazy. 
And yeah. uh, so, so now I just want to like let's let's get some more people on board because the people are more interested. It, it, the community is growing like crazy. I don't know. I tell you, it, it has. It we've added several people locally, and on RFI we get. We get, I've had, we've been covered up with emails. We've had more emails in the last two months than we've ever had. And it's tons of people saying, Hey, you know, I'm new to heresy or, Hey, I'm moving over from 40 K or, Hey, you know, whatever. And, um, like you said, like I, I literally, as soon as we get done with here, I have a stack of lists to go through for new people for RFI to try to help them get into heresy. And every event in the U.S., that's like a, an, a, an established event that had an event previous and then had another event this year uh, doubled in size on signups that I'm aware of or or at least got bigger. I know Nova had like 90 individual people sign up over the course of all the events. I know the Michigan GT went from 12 people to 20-some people. Um, Stiff earlier in the year totally sold out. Adepticon... Even with the addition, I mean, we've not had the cart happen yet, but even with the addition of all these events and me even adding an event with 30 more spots, I have a feeling that it's going to sell out in less than 24 hours. So, oh, yeah, yeah, it's really growing. And I have to say big uh, two things. Uh, a shout out to uh, Boys from the Golden Throne, uh, AJ and Teo uh, over in British Columbia, uh, Victoria, because they've they just came off the back of their event, the Kippers event, and that grew. Um, from the last one they did, so I mean it's it's really showing the the change and everything and how how it's getting bigger. Um, and actually, to touch on touch on something Freddie just mentioned, and JP, you don't have to be the control group for this bit because this is your wheelhouse, buddy. Oh, good. Uh, but I want you to channel your co-host Mark for this one. I think you can might be able to see where I'm going. Could you, for those people who maybe just recommended this as their first point of contact, can you give us an efficient synopsis? of the difference or, or the universe of 30k and what the game is about on the fluff side because i think when freddie mentioned of you know with the the lack of xenos that's a big difference and it's something that can really color people's points of view oh there's no xenos why would i want to get involved so can you give us sort of an efficient synopsis for somebody who's never really heard anything about the heresy can you do that for us I can do my best, but once again, my co-host would be... Would be uh, can you do a JP of okay. synopsis? I'll, I'll, I'll do the best I can. Uh, fundamentally, this is 40K if it was a uh, history book. Um, if it was... Uh, you have to look at it. This is the founding myth of 40K. It still is 40K, but it's the founding myth of it. It's like uh, playing a historical war game rather than playing um, a, um, a, an almost satirical, fun sci-fi game. We're, we're playing World War II. We're not playing um, <laughs> uh, um, something more, I, I guess, some more, more freewheeling. Command and Conquer? Yeah, I, I guess. Starship, um, Starship Troopers? It's, um, no, I, I think what the fun thing about um, the, the, the heresy uh, uh, period is... It would be the difference of playing bold action and dust. Actually, that's a better okay. synopsis than I had. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good um, one, man. No, yeah, yeah, you have to anchor yourself into the narrative a little bit more. Um, fundamentally, it, it, it does... Um, it, it requires you to be 
a little more um, anchored into the storyline than I think 40k does. But as an efficient synopsis, I think fundamentally you're playing a historical war game rather than a sci-fi game. I think that's the difference. Well, a, a historical war game set in a sci-fi setting. Yeah, it's fake history. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's fake history, not fake but, news, yeah. and we, we love it. So, yeah. And, well, and there, it's, it's got a specific type of conflict. It's a, it's a civil war conflict that we're looking at here, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. what, what we're looking at is, uh, and, and I think this is one of the criticism that's been levied at the game of, uh, of Horse Heresy, is that it's just Marines on Marines, um, which is fair, but misses the point. Because, yes, it is a civil war. It's an, it is the imperial civil war. Uh, because the Xenos, all those other races, all those sci-fi races, the space elves, the space orcs, at one point, space dwarves, um, uh, 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 they're, they're, they've all been crushed. All, all the, the, those, those um, sci-fi tropes have been destroyed. And what we're left with is man against man. Uh, one of the dominant tropes, of course, of literature, right? It's, it's man against man. Um, and and so, so we are talking about a civil war, but the variety of different kinds of humans in this, uh, in this civil war um, more than make up for the loss of of those things like, uh, you know, space elves and space orcs. Yeah, it's like it's like people criticizing if you're playing a American Civil War uh, historical war game by saying, well, I can't play the French in it. Oh, wait, the French were... No, I'm just playing. Anyway, you get what I mean. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> just there's Mexico. French Canadian, I like yeah. Um, don't don't forget that. The Civil but you know what I mean. It's like oh, I can't play I can't play Aztecs and Mayans in this American yeah. Civil War game. Well, exactly. Yeah, of course you can't. No, that, that's exactly the point. I mean, it's you have to understand what the narrative is, and I think that's what sets it apart. The narrative is really the driver of the entire game. Um, it, it's the same reason that uh, I might like say that I show up to an event and I have I bring my Iron Warriors and um, someone's playing Imperial Fists. I don't even need to know this person to know that we're thrown down. <laughs> yeah, baby. With you on that one. So it, it's so yeah. so anchored into this narrative of the Imperial Civil War. And again, the founding myth, sort of, uh, the, 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 the myth that created 40K. Why is the Imperium the way that it is in 40K? Why is chaos what it is? Uh, why are there chaos space marines? Uh, why is the Imperium this dystopian theocracy? We're, we get to um, sort of anchor ourselves into this. We get to actually throw ourselves into this narrative. Um, that's the fun of, of heresy. We get to sort of be eyewitnesses to the destruction of the Imperium and the reason why it's so horrible 10,000 years in the future. Brilliant. There we are. That gives yeah. you a picture of what we're talking about as far as the universe, the story, and, and the initial sort of mindset when it comes to 30K. Now, Freddie, I, I feel yeah. I can, I can hear you wanted to jump here, so jump. <laughs> well, uh, my ne my next point is um, I was going to ask our beloved guest, and, well, I'm going to ask you, Jody and Chris, as well. Like, Ooh. Why, why, why do you heresy? Why heresy? So... I can start with JP loves to talk, so I'll start with him. So, what 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 made you drawn to the heresy, and why do you why do you play thirty k? 
because um, the it's an interesting question, and yes, I do like to talk, which is why I have a podcast. Don't we all? It's so convenient. Don't we all, darling? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, what draws me? It, it's because I've been in this hobby for like 25 years or so, and from the very beginning, you heard stories of 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 the horse heresy. You heard legends. It was always in the background. It was always sort of. Um, this, this, uh, uh, the reason that the Imperium is this is because uh, of the heresy. Or, you know, the, the Emperor is crippled on his golden throne. Why? Because of the heresy. Uh, there's chaos space marines, like, going around, like, uh, why? Because of the horse heresy. It's always in the background. And um, with the book series that began, I believe, in 2006, and also uh, Collected Visions, which was a, a big art book uh, that if anybody hasn't seen, it's really worth looking at. Uh, that was in the early 2000s. Um, oh, and that uh, Sabletooth game. Yes, yes, absolutely. There was a card game. There was a collectible card game back in the early 2000s. Yeah. But, 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 but and they if, also if I... released uh, the Seat of Terror board game. Yes, abso absolutely. That's true. But it was always in the background. Oh, oh, oh. This was always in the background. And if it was I get the book. Pardon? Hmm? The, the, first, the first ever fucking 3D, 3D miniature game was called Space Marines and it was set in a yes. time of heresy. Yes, but once again it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't called Space Marines, it was called well it was Adeptus Titanicus. Uh, Space Marine was the second edition of Epic. It was Adeptus Titanicus eventually uh, integrated uh, small units. But you know why that the it's one of the reasons they invented the heresies because they didn't want to produce orc um, gargants. So like you want to you want to just have a box with a bunch of the same models just make it a civil war. It's 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 an easy way Genius. To, to yeah to reuse the same models. That's that's another reason the hairs. But again, the reason that it, I'm drawn to it is because um, it was always in the background. It was always this this foundational this 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 critical this epic moment uh, that um, uh, sort of everything everything flowed from it. And then eventually, um, we got to, to to be a part of it, and we get to be a part of this this. Um, this this epic war that we've only just read about in the background. I mean, what's 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 more exciting than that for a fucking for a fan of this universe? Well, I, I know you already done this in your own episode, but could you could you try and use like things that we male male apparently are so bad at? But tell us the emotions you felt when you read uh, Betrayal, like the the no, not Betrayal, sorry, the the first Black Book. It was uh, when you open it up, and, it and, and, and you look, yeah, yeah, betrayal. And you look through it, and you saw the fluff, and you saw the missions, you saw the the army lists and stuff. Like, I don't even need to, I don't even need to go that far. Um, back in 2012, before the uh, the, the the first before betrayal came out, um, there was a like this brief YouTube video um, that I think Games Workshop put up on on their, I think it was on it must have been on Facebook, and it was just. Coming soon from game, from Forge World or something. You click on it. It's like, what's going on? And it's something like, uh, and the galaxy shall burn or some fuck some yeah. shit. And there's like a fire, and then like the Eye of Horus kind of like, um, uh, yeah, no, it's like burning Eye of Horus and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> and, and then it says, coming soon from Forge World, Horus Heresy. Uh, and I that goosebumps, like chills, because it's one of those things you never thought they were gonna touch. You never thought you were going to get a chance to actually um, <clears throat> to uh, to be a part of this universe. You thought it was always going to be something that was in the background. 
Um, and yeah, I, I think I have to say that I think that was the first time I bought a white dwarf in fucking ages because you had that like the, they added that poster, you know, with Angron on the one side, yes! and the other side. It's oh my color. god, that poster is so great. Um, but I, I never thought they were gonna go there, and they did. And I think the critical thing is that not only did they go there where we didn't think they were gonna go, that they went there, they went to the heresy, but they also like they they also did. Did a fantastic job of it. Like book one is right. still a phenomenal piece of work, and and all credit goes to Alan Bly, um, uh, yeah. and and the whole team. But um, it, it was just yeah, it, incredibly well done. It, it's funny. Like I, I revisit all the old uh, Imperial Army books, and like especially the Siege of Rax, because you know I'm getting inspired for next year's event series. Spoilers, spoilers, uh, and. <laughs> And you can see, like, in the line, like, proofread and, like, uh, additional rules by Alan Blight. And you, you, you can see, like, how how it all brought, like, the Bad Up War, the, the Rack series and stuff, and, like, how they fine-tune it. And then they just took all that, the best shit of that together and just put it in fucking Betrayal. And everyone just came in their pants. <laughs> Madness. There, there was a load blown, a collective load blown, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, I can't believe so, they actually did it. it. It seemed like it was going to be one of those places they w they weren't going to touch. And the other thing that I can't, I uh, I, I just love so much about this, the scale. I mean, uh, and you mentioned Vrax. Vrax is one of the few um, books that actually I, I feel that gets the scale right of what this yeah. universe is. Because I remember old Imperial Guard codexes talking about, like, I have a quarter million men. Uh, and I'll take a whole system. It's like a quarter million men isn't. It's not even going to take Saskatchewan. Like, you, you know, it, the scale doesn't feel right. But Frax, you have, you know, yeah, it's I, like I, eight million versus uh, no, they, thirty-six they, million or something. I think they, they they take twelve million casualties in the siege of Frax. I think they deploy like thirty million Krieg um, against. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you might be right. Eight million. Eight, eight million. Yeah. So that feels like a real war. And when you're looking at the legions, if you're looking at the heresy, that's where you see like the real scale of, of a galactic civil war, what it would look like. It, it feels truer than a company of space marines taking a planet. Um, it, it feels yeah, and, and, more anchored in reality. And, and that's what one other thing I noticed, like because back back in uh, Betrayal, it was like six dead, and and we tried to like we started playing apps, uh, games and shit. It always seems to be more. Like a, a sea of men on the table when he played horror series compared to 40k. It felt more like you know grand armies moving along and shit, like big squads and you know units of big tanks and weird shit going on. It, and it was like massive destructing. So I don't know. It, like it, it had that massive, like even though it was a skirmish game, it felt big. If you know what I mean. Mm. Well, they they have said that they they play test the game and design the game to be played. Between three and three thousand and thirty-five hundred points, and it's supposed to have an eighty percent casualty rating. That's what they said at one of the weekenders <laughs> way, long way back. And when it was released, it contrasted quite a lot uh, against the minimum squads in regular. Yeah. For, for yeah, if you look at how the army lists are built, usually you play more on the front end for the initial squad, and then as you get the squad gets bigger, it becomes cheaper per model. Yeah. yeah. So I've got to ask Chris, what what drew you to it? In the beginning, it actually was just a break from painting other stuff. 
but I've always been interested in it because I've been in the Games Workshop hobby since I was eight. And uh, well, it's the heresy. It <laughs> kind of engulfs us, us all after a while. Plus, when the rules for Mechanicum were finally, finally released properly, not the first three books, but after that, I actually had an army that I wanted to play more than the, the 4,000 points of Iron Hands I had by that point. We were just a painting project from the beginning. That's hardcore, man. <laughs> I worries as a painting project. I like it. That's uh, well. It's there. The story has always been that I've been playing 40k for ages. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, all all of it has already been said, basically, by JP and Freddy. <laughs> the need to play. Yeah. second, what, second, and third that uh, emotions. So, what about you, Ryan? Um. Well, this, okay, so I'm going to say some stuff, and it may make people a little mad, but it is what it is. I've never, I've never gave three shits about the Xenos in 40k. Like, I kind of hate that shit. Like, nothing jarred me out of it more when I had, like, my cool human Imperial Guard semi-realistic army, and I had to fight fucking galactic space bugs. I was kind of, like, rolling my eyes the whole time. I've never really liked that. Like, I always wanted to play, like... Loyalist Marines versus Traitor Marines, like, anyway. Like, that's really the only factions I cared about, just to be perfectly honest. Um, and I also got sick of going to... I always liked going to events, but then I'd go to a 40K event, and somebody would bring some army that made, like, no sense. It's like, here's my Eldar that are summoning demons that are allied with Tau that have... Uh, inquisitor cody as running around for some reason because somebody wrote an allied chart that allowed that somehow and everybody tried to exploit it there was like didn't seem like there was very good like theme or story or anything behind the armies and then people would like make like really goofy conversions just like i, I went to an event somebody had gundam toys as tau battle suits and like at 43 gorillas as centurions with lego guns glued on them and we were playing <laughs> This is a true story, and we were playing. the The battlefield was a peach piece of brown butcher paper, taped down to a like white folding table, like circles drawn on it to represent hills. And that was like the breaking point for me. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. And Check. Check, I was please. like, Yes. So I was on my way out the door for like Games Workshop gaming in general, like, and then. I was listening, I used to always listen to 40k radio when Rick and Kyle were on, the guys that used to do 40k radio way back in the day, and right before they quit doing that show, they started getting into heresy, and uh, I used to have a Battlefoam account, well, I still do have a Battlefoam account, but I, Kyle, that used to do that show, used to be my sales rep, so I was complaining to Kyle about how, like, I just don't have a passion for 40k anymore, because of, you know, reasons... And he was like, man, you should really try Heresy. Um, it definitely feels more adult. Like, a lot of your gripes about, you know, just it not being immersive and, like, you know, cartoony shit you don't like, it doesn't have any of that. And I'm like, I'll check it out. So I picked up book one and didn't have anybody to play with. Everybody was still playing 40K. So what I started doing was just buying 30K models systems and then would like paint my shit like really cool and build cool stuff and then like 
subliminally drop like you know you could have all this cool stuff too and then we could play together and play this and like this and that and i just at some point totally could quit playing 40k and moved over into 30k and now i'm much like happier with my choice like a lot of the things that i wanted to avoid or didn't enjoy about 40k i don't have to worry about in 30k fair point <laughs> that's that's pretty pretty silly. Can't I don't really think there was too much stuff that. said. Then, I don't think you're okay. What'd you say? Oh, I said I can't disagree with any of that. That's yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, I like orcs on their own. Like, I own an orc army, and I love the models, and I love the playstyle of the list. But like, orcs in the 40k universe just seems really like clown shoes to me. Like, I don't like it. Like, if I want to play orcs, I'll play Gorka Morka or play. I mean, I don't know. Like, I had an orc army and I played it in 40k, but at the back of my mind, I like had to like divorce myself from the narrative and just like act like I was playing a board game and it had no theme and there was no like tie-in story. So it was like it's more just like here's my cool toy models and my opponent has cool toy models and I just had to look at it like they weren't tied together from a narrative or story standpoint in my head to get through a game. But I think you, and, you, you touched on such a good point. It's like the gravitas of this, of this universe. I mean, you have all these weird aliens that are just, you know, 40K is kind of fun and, you know, okay, it's a bunch. The, the narrative isn't compelling, but when you really get the, the gravitas of, the, of this universe, I think is is what it is so compelling. It, it, it just, this really does seem like a... a a more serious... I mean, it, however serious you can be in this fake sci-fi universe, but when you have orcs and we have... You know, Eldar and all. It, it does seem a little bit less important than a literal drive to Terra, like a drive to um, uh, to, to the species homeworld, and the possibility that just everything's gonna gonna disappear, everything's gonna fall apart. I mean, this is the greatest crisis in the history of the Imperium. Yeah, agreed. Spot on. So, uh, I guess that leaves me, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, I guess so. I think we've covered everybody. I guess that leaves me. Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the new generation. I guess um, I, I, I was a plastic heresy player. Um, I, 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 well, yeah, yeah. You say that. Um, I, I started. I, I was a fantasy player. Always a fantasy player. I'd never found a 40k army that i could connect with in any way shape or form it's just like yeah you know marines whatever uh, you know chaos yeah it was fun um but there was nothing that i ever sort of connected to um and i you have to correct me on timelines but it was kind of you know i mean i was looking at the heresy and man it was pretty uh, i wanted that but you know also it was expensive <laughs> um, and, and, you know, violins out and all that sort of shit. But uh, my good buddy Lex, who uh, is the, the, the guy who founded Crusade and Heresy, he was into it and he was like, come on, you got to go and do this. you got to get involved. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and I think at one point I literally said, yeah, you know what? If they ever drop it in plastic, fine, I'm in. Surprisingly, <laughs> Betrayal and Camp started to sort of show up. This is the year before when, you know, the, the pictures of uh, plastic, you know, Terminators and stuff started to show up. The cataphracta is like, okay, this could happen. And then obviously somebody threw a hand grenade under uh, or into the old world. And that sort of started to go tits up. And um, 
I, I, what, what, moving over to Sweden, I, I connected with a couple of guys who were playing um, 40k, and they were uh, all Xenos players. And I went, right, well, okay, you're all Xenos. I'm going to try and force myself to build a marine army, and it was fun, and I enjoyed painting it. But I just, again, couldn't get behind the game. Um, so, yeah, Plastic Heresy dropped, bought it, loved it. Actually, what really sort of drew me in was podcasts. I have to say, if I'm honest, podcasts, because uh, again, going through friends, so like, right, I kind of, I love the models. I, I know enough of the background to kind of get an idea of what it's about. Like we talked about earlier, that sort of synopsis of Galactic Civil War and you know the the history part of the 40k universe. Um, and Lex put me onto uh, Imperial Truth, which uh, I then. Uh, hopped over to the Eye of Horus very quickly. And when the Eye of Horus took a winter break, I got hooked on the Age of Darkness for some peculiar reason. Um, and because it's awesome. Well, I, I, yeah, because I, I, it's I hear awesome. good things. I hear good things. I hear very good things. Um, and I got dragged in. And I was like, one thing I will say is I could never, I, I was never brilliant at finishing an army. I used to play things like uh, Necromunda and warhammer quest you know low model count games and that damn two-week hobby challenge um kind of got me to grind through an army very quickly because i i, I must admit i chose the iron warriors because i saw perturabo the primark model and i i knew nothing about it i just went i want that model whatever that's connected to that's me and you know they're space dwarfs they're grumpy they're miserable they like big guns it's you know it, it's a nice fit for me that's all you said space wolves Space dwarfs, I said, my friend. Space oh, space dwarfs. Oh, okay, sorry, it's my bad. Happy, but, you know, if I they can have big, they'd be happy. I can say that most people seeing Petrobo usually move the other way. Well, yeah, that's but they have a um, That or they think they're playing the Running Man game. Yeah. <laughs> or they really, really want a part of a knight that's wrecked on a base. Yeah, exactly. It makes a great piece of scatter terrain. Um, anyway, um, so I, I started. I started painting up, and then you know, it's. I blame Freddie then because you know Lincoln. Um, so that, that that's actually more of a journey. And like I said, I, I just I fell in love with it because of the story, and the the background, and you know, it it was actually something I could afford to do, because of the plastic box set and what was coming out for me. That was the. The thing that stopped me getting into the heresy, and then suddenly the price point dropped, and then then I could start getting into it on a bigger scale. With uh, you know, instead of paying 50 60 pounds for a squad, you know, of resin miniatures or whatever it was, I picked up a box for 90, I picked up Betrayal of Calf for like 900 crowns or whatever it was, uh, with a through a local gaming store, and I've got you know a 1500 point army to go or. A thousand points or whatever you wanted to build it as. Bam. I still think that's the best box set Games Workshop's ever released, by the way. Personally. Oh yeah. For sure. And I, I would I apart from the independent characters that they put in it, I would actually say that burning the burning of Prospero is next for me. Um just because of the, the, the sudden influx of Mark Three and the Tartarus and you know, all that's absolutely groovy. Um just wasn't a big fan of the, the characters. Um, yeah. But that, that's just my call. So, yeah, that's, that's sort of my, my draw into the heresy. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's sort of pulling us all in how we got into it. And, of course, everybody here is massive 
fluff nerds and, and general gaming nerds. So, you know, the heresy is so rich in that. Did so, we do so Freddy? I don't think Freddy talked about. <laughs> what? I think. Did you? Did you not talk, Freddy? Did I not talk? I thought you talked. I thought I talked. Let me tell you a story about the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the eighties. <laughs> it was just that you started talking. Everyone just glossed over. Yeah, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Zucchini, it was good times. JP, it's nothing to do with you. I just want to get the safe word out there right now. Okay. <laughs> Back in the eighties. There was a game called uh, Adeptus Titanicus. And it had a small background fluff about the Horus Heresy. And obviously I got all fucking soaked for that. Then there came an expansion called Space Marine. Not Space Marine Second Edition like you said, JP. There no, was no, Space Marine was a separate box game. Yeah, I know. But you could actually add it on to Adeptus Titanicus. Yes, yes. As I, uh, I dra dragged mine out of storage not so long ago and I reread the rules. And then it made pre-epic epic. Yeah, it was pre-epic was pre -epic, epic. Exactly. And, uh, and that game was all about the Horus Heresy. And it has the background. It has that cool black and white drawing of uh, Rodgel Dorn. It has uh, everything. It, it, it even includes the scouring. But it wasn't called the scouring back then. Uh, after that, it kind of moved on into Rogue Trader, Second Ed, and so on, and, and the 40K. And also the, the third edition, or Second Ed Space Marine, third edition Epic. I don't know. It's confusing. Then it was the 31st Millennium. 41st. 40, 41st. From the 31st mm -hmm. to the 41st. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they added all those Xenos races and stuff. And I played heaps of Epic. I played Rogue Trader. And then I played... You kind of like a third ed, like second ed came, third ed came, played all that shit. But like the heresy has always been part of like a realm chaos books that JP loves. You know, you still have that, you know, the star child, so on, the chaos gods, the Horus heresy. There was always been like a little bit bits and snippets, but not since they did Space Marine, the time of heresy, have they revisited the heresy that much. I think the biggest thing they did for the Horus Heresy was probably back in 3rd Ed when they released the second Chaos Codex, when they actually reintroduced the Legions. Again, because they did, they did one in 2nd Ed. Everyone remembers that thick fucking Chaos Marines Codex in 2nd Ed, where they actually kind of revisit the whole like the night lords and the iron warriors and all that shit came up again with abaddon on the cover standing on the skulls with the orange background is that the one you're talking about that's right or the the yellowish, yellowish. fun yeah. extra thanks yeah but yeah. The, but they it, it's it's all like they, they've already passed the heresy like the heresy the only heresy game that ever came out was that space marine game and the adapted tectonicus there's always been about the 41st millennium and that was the every, the only thing we had, and it was all they were all talking about, and everything was contradictory. It was all legends and stuff, and it kept going. But I have always been massively intrigued, and I think like even before Horus Heresy, like when they released, do you remember that uh, fucking community-based rule set for Horus Heresy that came basically two years, roughly around two-year mark before they released? That's around two thousand and ten. The uh, Tempest Fugitives, I believe. Uh, did yeah, one, something like Bell of Lost Souls did one as well, I believe. There, were, there was two of them, I believe. Yeah, right. there were more than one going around, at least. Yeah, because what, what I did when that came out, I, I kind of did the Dark Angels uh, Horus Heresy Army, because I remember like the first 
28 mil Games Workshop army I ever did was Dark Angels, and they had black armor then, and you know red shoulder pads and shit. So I went back to my origins, and I and I redid that, and and then I because everyone was playing 40k, I used to use the Chaos Codex, and you because in the Chaos Codex back then, like fifth ed, you could play uh, 20 man squads, same in yep. sixth, yeah. So I, I kind of like, oh, because they were running the old school doctrine, I thought, thought in my head. So I did that for Dark Angels. And, you know, and then I started, obviously, 2006, I started reading, you know, Horace Rising, all those books. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be like, I, I love those shit. Like the, those books were just like godsend because I always been passionate about the heresy because that's where it all began for me in the Games Workshop hobby. And then... Yeah, like that YouTube video JP talked about. <laughs> Holy fuck. And, and then the, the book came and I fucking I was in <laughs> I was in Afghanistan at the time and I managed to get on a fucking internet thingy and pre-book it. And then I didn't see it for a whole fucking year because <laughs> I didn't get my hands on it in until like 2013. And it was just lying there and I was like, oh, it's so good. And I read it and read it again and read it again. And I was like, this is the shit. And straight off, I did a World Leaders Army. And uh, and then I went Empress Shield. Yeah, and the rest is history. So many armies and I couldn't help the rest is The rest is infamy. <laughs> <laughs> so many armies, so much stuff. It's so fucking good. It's amazing. And apparently now the I do a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah, Bedabbed Wars yeah. was another big thing for me. I forgot to bring that up. Like, I love those Bedabbed War books that were 40k. And when I started doing my first army, which was uh, Salamanders, when I was telling you guys I was still playing 40k, I tried to trick my friends into believe like, let's just play this Bedabbed War thing. And then I knew everybody would have Marine armies and be using like the Forge World kits. And then I'm like secretly going, if I get them into this, we can move into Heresy, like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You, you, yeah. you were a planner. You, you, you were there to corrupt them over. That yeah, yes. yeah, war yeah, was think, a gateway drug, I think. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. I, I think that's <laughs> the thing that got me so excited about the 12th, like, I mean, 2012, like the, the first, the Horus Heresy stuff, is just because I knew the quality of like the Caesar of Iraq, Rax. And fucking better, better boy, yeah. like big massive fan. And I thought, like, I did that, like, Jesus, I even if they were equal, I know we give like book seven and some books we give, but we, we've been like, we've been spoiled with good fucking shit from Forge World. So we, we can complain about retarded stuff, <laughs> especially, you know, you know, Ryan would probably back. But if you look at the, <laughs> the 40k side of things like the things that we complain oh there's some fucking tourists in their photos but you know that's because we are going down to that minute scale we were actually fucking looking into the photos like in with a fucking you know like a detective kind of eyepiece and shit you're saying but... we should shut up because we don't have guys <laughs> riding on plays that have wolf claws wolf pelts wolf necklaces wolf whatever being pulled by wolves with he-man powers and whatever in yeah. the book, we should, but, but we be should. nice to Jake now. Nice to Jake. <laughs> oh, tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but but the thing is, like, uh, it, like it, the first book of Heresy, we did not even fucking like. I'm pretty sure we. I I don't know. Like, I'm 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 still mind blown when I open that book because it's so, 
it, it's so close to my heart, but I'm pretty sure like we, we did not look at that book the way we look at book seven. Because now, now, like, <laughs> fuck, we're, we're, we're fucking on top of the cream. We're drinking fucking Dom Perignon every day. And, and I was like, oh, look, fuck, that guy, he doesn't have a fucking Mark II rivet on the third rivet over there. This is fucking, yeah. this is useless. <laughs> this is useless. This book is useless. You failed me. Well, it's, it's very much like if you guys have had any experience in actual historical wargaming where people will get mad at you if you paint the utility tools on a Sherman tank from a certain year, a different color than what it was from the factory, because like people are just that intense and passionate yep. about it sometimes. <laughs> I, th I, I know, but we're, we're... I think they're called button counters. Um, uh, or, or rivet, rivet counted, rivet counters. Well, no, it, it, that... no let, let's just take a second, chance to move on from this because, again, if you're listening to, like I said, your first time listening, thirty k curious. What we're saying is that there are so many reasons to come into this hobby. Uh, the wealth of information, the different access points, the different, uh, you know, ways of buying into what we're doing here. And I think what's important now is to sort of move on and, and sort of go, right, you're interested, you're hooked in. Where do you begin? What what Where do we start? Once you've got your, your buy-in, you're in, you've got it. Where do you begin, guys? What, what's What's the first thing you need to be doing? The, the, the new rule book that comes out in a month. Do you mean models or do you mean oh. um yeah well uh, i mean yeah if you're getting started i mean i think you know i think there's there's a lot of points and you know the the rule book when it drops when the first edition heresy rule book drops is going to be key um but if you can't wait till then uh the red books are out there are the black books uh which are I mean, like Freddie said, they're, they're, they're a Bible. They are literally godsend. The first thing I would do is get on Facebook and look for a community near you to plug into because you're likely to find one. It's going to be... Yep. You would have to be in a very remote location not to find someone that has something on Facebook that you can't, you know, tie into to at least get a, at least a small group of guys that are like-minded to at least get a foothold and start playing. And if you're you're listening to this, then you've got just off the top of my head, you've got our podcast group, the Vrangian Heresy podcast group. You've got uh, the podcast pages, so the Age of Darkness. You've got the uh, Radio Freest fan page. You've got our page. We've already mentioned people like the Imperial Truth and the Eye of Ho the Eye of Horus. So you can you can be looking at these guys because they're also community hubs, which you can then. Yep put shout outs on and say i live here i'd also Where's like to my... shout out actually uh the heresy, the, the, heresy, the heresy 30k forum which is uh uh when i started in the heresy that's my first place i went to um heresy 30k it's it's it's, it's a brilliant community and that's a great place to uh what the fuck's going on the 30k um the Heresy 30K forum is is a, a great place to uh, get started to actually get your information. There's also a few other forums that I haven't been to, but are I'm sure equally good. I believe the first expedition is, is excellent, and there's also one on um, I think Bolter and Chainsword have a great Heresy community as well. I have heard good things for sure. There's there's no <laughs> arguments there. Um, so community community is the first point. Uh, and then we've got we've got books out there. We've got all the other stuff. 
what else are we looking at to get started? I mean, you know, we've just listed a wealth of information, but what else do we need to be looking well, at? Well, I mean, like, like Chris started to say, the very first thing you kind of need to do is you need to look at the different armies because there are just Marines you can play, um, which everybody thinks is just Marines versus Marines, but there's also Militia, which Militia, that's like a whole other can of worms yeah. where you can use models from, like, Everywhere. tons of ranges like there's like no like official model range so you can go like super crazy on the conversions and everything I hear, like how you customize your army i hear varangian heresy has a great episode about militia a few months back <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah i'm pretty sure we did actually yeah yeah, I, yeah well, I might, I might have been check there. it out yeah yeah except for the guest we had he was pretty <laughs> retarded <laughs> Hey, Freddy, that's, that's fair. 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 <laughs> it wasn't Freddy, it was. At least, at least he didn't fall asleep during recording, eh, Yuri? Fuck you, Christopher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I, but, um, but you have Militia, you have Solar Ox, you have Mechanicum, you have Custodies, you have Sisters of Silence. <laughs> um, you've got all these things that they're adding, adding in now and, you know, and adding different things. So, I mean, you, you can't just, like... I mean, if you're looking at, to get in for the absolute cheapest thing, um, you should probably look at the Betrayal at Kalf box. It's the cheapest way in, and it gets you the most usable stuff out of the gate. Um, but, I mean, if you're not wanting to play Marines, I mean, that box isn't going to do you any good. You're gonna, It's going to be more money because you're going to be, you know, getting into, you know, some Forge World kits and stuff like that. Unless you're – I mean, even if you play Militia, because Militia allows you to basically use – you know, for the most part, any models you want. Um, so you can start, you know, getting some cheaper stuff, but the quantity of stuff you'll need, you know, kind of like it's, it's cheaper per model, but you're going to need a lot of models if that makes any sense. Yeah. So it, you really can't like just run out and just start buying stuff willy nilly. I, I don't ever recommend anybody to do that. We get a lot of uh, people who have done that and then they write into our show or I hear them on other podcasts right in. It's like, Hey, I have all this stuff, you know, build me a list. And it's like, well, buddy, you got six, you got six heavy support and you get to use three of those and you have one troop. So I wish you'd have said something and we could have like, <laughs> put you, you know, gotten, person. yeah. Like these three heavy supports that are extra, you could have made those like troops. So you have like a playable army. So that's why I feel like, you definitely need to do the community route first and listen to some podcasts and talk to some people that play to get you pointed in that right direction. And then once you've settled in on what army you want to buy, you can start, you know, looking at what's the, the, the good entry point as far as what models you should start out with. Yeah. Well, when it comes to like uh, books and shit, there, there's a couple of like, if you look at the red books, we call them red books. It's basically the codexes. If we and do, because they're red. Yeah, and because they're red. Uh, if you compare the price-wise to buying like a codex for a Games Workshop, like 40K, it's, it's, it's the same. But if, yeah. if you really want to go out and maybe get like an idea about an army, you can always get Battle Scribe. You can get Quartermaster. You can muck around and like uh, build some lists. At least there you, you see different slots you'll see kind of how you build a list and you, you can get an idea like a rough idea but like ryan said like just talk to someone that's in the community because they love to help you out like fuck ryan's whole fucking shit on his podcast is talking about lists so 
you know. Yeah, can, I was also going to mention that because if you really want to learn how, or at least listen to how some lists are made, listen to part of Radio, Radio Free Eastland, you might sometimes want to skip over the industrial accident part of the... Depending, how <laughs> depending, on, depending on how your <laughs> mood is, basically. If you have any feelings and emotions at all, just skip over that part to the list. And avoid puppy gate. Just so. Yeah, I was just going to mention that as well. If you, if you want to numb yourself, listen to the episode with the puppies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, if if we go back a bit, like uh, if you look at models and stuff, um, so l basically a betrayal of calf box that gives you. I managed to stretch that to one thousand five hundred points with a bit of you know tweaking. Uh, it, it's a really good start foundation for like a legion army. Uh, same with the the prosper one is a bit you know if you're going into custodies. Then it's awesome, like Talents of the Emperor. Not so much for Marines. You probably look at the Kelf one, unless you're specifically uh, a fine taster for Mark III armor. But I'm just gonna, if you want Mark III, save up the money instead and buy the Fort Will kits because they look way better. You will, you will actually, you might actually. Really I don't like think them. the plastic ones are that bad. I mean, I uh, think that I like the other one looks better. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm yeah. just gonna... I mean, instead of uh, basically buying a set where you can use half of it, buy the health box, use that, and then save up the money for the rest that you want. Or you it, what you do is you go into with a mate, and then you split it. And then if someone wants to play Talents of the Emperor, you, you get two boxes, and then something... You kill them and bury them behind the shed. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Uh, I, second, I second that. <laughs> the the health box is just so much better than, than Prospero. The Calf box yeah. has so much content in yeah. it, and all of it is usable. It's one army, and yep. you can play any Legion with it. I tell you what, I want, I want to say right now here, because I did mention, obviously, myself um, a little while ago. Um, if you go go for the Calf box, but one great thing about the, the community that I've found is if you get something like the Burning of Prospero, that's, if you look at that as an expansion box, if you're playing Marines, you expand your army because you've got the Mark III to play with, and you fill up maybe, for whatever, tacticals, heavy support, whatever you want to use them for, um, you've got the Tartarus Terminator armor in there, you can have that. Then you can trade the other stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. that's a big thing in that I've come across in this community, is good quality trading uh, of things. And people want the custodes they want the sisters of silence you might not want to run mark three for example in your army but there will always be somebody out there who loves that stuff myself very much included um and there are always chances of adding the things into your army by finding the good um trading sites like heresy trading is one of them for example uh we've got a group up that's called scandus scavengers which started up for the first scandus event most you know, of the swedish ones are actually quite good yeah there and they're, they're they're there's a really good way of adding to or finding bits that you might want you know if you want to do conversions but adding to your uh, army is using the trade options out there it's it's a really well, good part of the game i think and i don't know about you guys and I, maybe this is just personal experience but for me I feel like the generosity in the heresy community is, oh, and yeah. I'm not, 
I'm not at all trying to take a shot at 40K, but I feel like it's it's a little higher than it is in 40K. I feel like with new players into 30K, I see people give people stuff all the time or people just be like, hey, I need this. And they're like, oh, well, I got that. You know, don't even worry about it. You know, like I have three Prospero boxes at home. I'm not going to miss, you know, five Tartarus Terminators. Here you go. That kind of thing. I see that all the time. Yeah. And how that's, that's how we started this podcast. Yeah. Uh, because, <laughs> because literally I, I, I talked to both Freddie and Chris about bits at some point and maybe hooked up as friends on Facebook. And then I put a shout out for, you know, a hobbying chat. Let's just get, I, I needed some hobbying. I wanted some company while I was hobbying. So let's jump on. Anybody want to jump on Skype and chat? And that's, that's how this podcast was born. So, you know, and it's continued. The gen the generosity has continued between us as friends. And, you know, like you say, you get friends starting up and you go, well, you know, I've got these bits. I'm not going to use them. Make you them. These could be cool. I, I think the whole thing is that uh, if if I take a personal example, like uh, I know JP loves his fucking Valhalla's uh, Imperial Guardsmen. I had fuckloads of them. Yes. And, you know, I, I didn't know JP and I sent it to him. It's just because I know that they will get the love and fucking paint and uh, cuddles that they deserve. They got, they got lots think, of cuddles. Thank you, by the way. Um, uh, <laughs> the, well, yeah, I have I, another box. I have another box for you, mate. Really? Awesome. Like to be fair, <laughs> Freddie Freddy no. Duple says half of the stock G-Dub's ever produced. Basically. I still stand by the point that Freddie's got some sort of time-traveling wormhole into their old stock from, from like the early, late 90s, early 2000s. He just reaches it and grabs stuff from the shelves. I think, I think it's, like, it's called my parents' Freddy is, yeah. <laughs> Freddy is pretty much every military person I've met. He's a pack rat. All military people are pack rats for some fucking reason. <laughs> I've, never, I've, I've never understood the connection, but like for some reason, like <laughs> it's because the government yeah. just makes they never issue you new stuff, so you always have to like hang ah, on to everything they ever give you. Never you never know when you have to, you can use it, for... <laughs> hey, except for one thing though, alcohol. <laughs> that... Where's for alcohol? Sorry, we're always, we're always out of alcohol. <laughs> but if you don't if you don't drink it, someone else will take it. Exactly, it's yeah, like exactly. food. The, the yes, community is uh, the, the heresy community is is, is uh, definitely uh, like I, I don't again like 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 Ryan said I um I don't want to shit on the 40k community at all and because it, it's also a great community but um heresy is really tight knit because I think at the end of the day we all kind of know that we're playing a niche in a niche I mean we're all kind there's not a lot of us but we're really passionate yes there we are legion. <laughs> <laughs> We are Legion, and for there are 18 of them. <laughs> if you want to get topical. No. Um, but uh, just to round things up, sorry, Johnny. No, I was that, going there myself, man. You crack uh, on. <laughs> uh, is that uh, basically, like Chris said before, we have a couple of factions, and uh, we have like Solar solar Exilia. I know the Americans call him Solar Ox, but uh, Solar Exilia, we have Militia, we have the Legion. <laughs> We have the Legions, we have the Mechanicums, and soon to be Demons in the next book, which is going to be fucking awesome. Uh, but for models, obviously, the Space Marines are kind of, you know, already set. You had the, We're looking at the, the Calf box, the Prospero box for getting your models. Uh, Solar Exilia, well, the models, I'm actually holding a couple of ones in my hands. They're fucking gorgeous from Fortress World. 
but nothing says that you have to use the Fortwell models for solar auxilia. I've seen heaps of cool conversions for them, like from all kinds of companies, and they look just equally stunning. Yeah, can I just shout out? Uh, can I shout yeah. out Dreamforge Games uh, that make an incredible line of of troopers? I think they're called Eisenkern. It's what my uh, co-host yep. on the Age of Darkness uh, uses uh, for his solar auxilia. They are perfect, and they're amazing models. Not um, Nazis in space, you mean? Uh, they look a little bit like 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 I guess German. Yeah, like they look like German soldiers, but in like armor. But they're perfect for solar auxilia or even militia. But yeah, uh, like, yeah. look at third party stuff. For sure. Yeah, third third party stuff for solar and militia is massive. Like I've seen everything. Like seriously, like if you go militia, you could go anything from uh, you know. I know Jody's working on his uh, fucking uh, beastmen and shit, because oh, yeah. with with the different rights, you could you could kind of talk, you you can even have squats for God's sake. And I've seen some fucking cold. I don't know how nerdy the people are listening to this, but. Imagine Napoleonic Wars, the old French guard with the fucking beer hats and shit, and how they give them last guns <laughs> and think like racks, racks, but with fucking like Napoleon old guards with last guns. Scott, Scott Robertson from Australia has yes. the best squad army. That army is amazing. Scott's army is fucking ridiculous. It is so cool. Yep. Yeah, Very we've, good. Had, we've had we've we've done a couple of features on different armies as well. There's uh, pictures on our podcast page of some of the armies we've had sent in, yep. and the squats army is just oh, yeah. That, that, that was also Graham. Graham uh, does an amazing uh, grazer on the forums. He does a freaking amazing mm. squad army. So cool. He's got land trains and everything. That, that just to say that may have come about on our page after a certain militia episode we did a little while ago yeah, <laughs> i don't know why so maybe his stuff got yeah. shouted out by some sort of mongrel who was a, who was a guest on that show but you know you don't like to speculate these things <laughs> hey, a boot, <laughs> a boot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway but before before we go on attention they always say like another thing that people have pm me and ask me like well you know the thing with 40k, I can pick whatever chapter and it's going gonna, gonna to be so good and I can paint them any way I want. But you can do that in 30k as well because you have something that's called... Black Shields. Exactly. Ryan's fucking favorite baby. Yep. And what you what can. are Black Shields? What are Black Shields? Well, Ryan? just going to interrupt that. You can even do that within some of the legions because some of the captains have their own personal heraldry that carries over to some of their troops. This is true. Yeah, like Abaddon. Yeah, and uh, Sigismund and Temadias. Cor um, Corvo. Corvo, the yeah. leader of uh, the, the first chapter of the Pollux Pollux is the Crimson Fist. I mean, <clears throat> you, can, you can play around with this for sure. Yeah, well, Sigismund has tiered uh, hued yellow armor, or I'm confused. You got black armor with uh, sad faces painted on them. There's all the tears that had washed away the yellow. <laughs> and then there's Corvo, and then there's uh, the 22nd chapter of the Ultramarines, which are basically have a black armor with blue accents. Then later becomes the Nemesis yeah. chapter. Uh, it's like I, I, I had a question from one of our listeners, and he was asking about uh, different armors and stuff, and he was like, well, well, you know, I was thinking about world leaders, but I wanted to really paint them red. And I was like, fuck that. You can paint them red. It's fucking awesome. Just do it. Like, look at book. <laughs> look at book uh, fucking six. They're all red. And I was like, oh, okay. 
And there was another guy talking about the Death Guard. He's like, oh, well, I was thinking about doing them like green and then having uh, white shoulder pads. Do it. I was that like, sounds great. I was like, well, you just fucking do it. Like, it, they, they, like if you use it, the, there's certain basic colors for the different legions. Like, you have the green and white for the Death Guards. You have the blue and white for the Worldies. But you also have red and white for the Worldies. So, so that you have like like yeah, Chris said you had the black for like the Imperial Fist, like the fucking you have black and the black and yellow and any kind of difference. Like it doesn't really matter. You have the blue with white shoulder pads for the ones that later becomes the Nova Marines. They would have had it during the heresy. Yeah, because eventually all of these companies or what would regiments or whatever in the legions they will eventually become chapters of their own. And there's a reason why. Those chapter has has those colors. So if you if you if you do something and you think about it, if, if you already thought about it and you ask me like, oh, what about this, and and how would that work? Well, that would probably work. It would probably <laughs> would make sense because the the fucking legions are so fucking big, and not the all the army like the armor will look the same. And even if you think that like I want to paint mine rainbow colors. Well, you can do the fucking Rainbow Warriors. I remember them from Rogue Trader. You can do them. You just do them Black Shields as fucking Bob's your uncle. Yes. Yep. Because yep. you can pretty much get away with anything within a Black Shields force. So, like, I mean, pretty much whatever you want to do color-wise. Like, if you... Like, I mean, that's why I did a Black Shield army was there's these guys called the Knights of Blood. There's actually two different... There's a Blood Angel offshoot and then a Chaos one. The Chaos one is, like primarily red um with some black accent and it looks like the black and the red are running together like how blood would run and they have the juggernaut of corn head as their uh warband logo and i've always liked those guys they've been featured in a couple of the chaos codexes like just like as a picture like yeah. here's these guys with like very little background and i've always liked just the look of the that like painting it like that so when I set out to do my Black Shields, Black Shields Force, I was like, I want to do some guys that look like these guys, and then I'm going to write the fluff where they eventually turn into these 40K dudes that there's really no background for. So that's how I got the idea for my Black Shields Force, and that's what, they're like a mix of ex-World Eaters and ex-Night Lords. And then they go on into Gary 40K to be... <laughs> They go on into 40k and become these dudes that just like these huge like you know atrocities on all these hive cities and disappear again. It's they basically go and get their freak on and get out of there. Uh, yeah. So you strike so that's it's such so a great like point. Just, it's such a great point. I mean, like you can do what you want to do with this. I mean, the, the whole thing is it's Marines against Marines. It's not the diver you can you can do anything that you want in this universe so long as you're willing to like take a part of the narrative. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's 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 what it's all about. So I mean, just to sort of pull this all together, I mean. We've talked about the, what, how we got into it, and where you can get into it, find your connections, where to begin, look at communities. Then you can look at the the legions and start looking into all, all the other factions, Black Shields, Mechanicum, Solar Orcs, Militia, you know, all these different options that are out there. Once you've started doing that, then you can start 
investing in models because you've got yourself a head start of understanding what you're going to be doing rather than as ryan said and i i can relate i know i know at least one or two people who have gone out and bought you know two or three land raiders and you know a cup they, they've painted up maybe half a dozen heavy support marines or three tactical marines are like can i play with this and it's like yeah no um well, you mentioned there yes you technically can well, okay, fair enough, but let, let's not be too particular. Um, but my point is that you know you've got once you've done that, once you've gotten out, got in the community, got to know people, got to know the fluff, got to know the legion you want, then invest in the models. Look at Betrayal at Kalth. Look at that as a great starting off point. Look at Prospero as a way to maybe expand your army. Look in the look in the groups and see what people have got for sale because I think we can all put our hands up and say at some point we've bought something for a, a conversion or a project or something. Hey, this looked freaking awesome in my army. And then six, eight months down the line, it's still sat on the shelf looking at you going, dude, what are you fucking going to paint me? Dude, come on. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you just want to move it on and go, right, okay, I'll admit defeat. Time to move it on. Uh, so the trading is out there for you to find these things. Um, so there's so many really cool ways of, of getting up and running from there. And, then you can invest in books. Um, I think there's one other source that I think we haven't mentioned, which JP, for shame on you, for shame on you, sir, for not mentioning these. Black Library books? And that's the Black Library books, yeah. <laughs> they, or, or you could just simply listen to the Age of Darkness podcast because the, you guys cover them pretty well. Um, but, you know, the, the Black Library books, man, I mean... The... What they're they're essential. It's the whole reason we have this hobby, the Black Library books. I didn't mention them. That's terrible. <laughs> but the whole reason we have um, the ability to to play this game that we love, um, like play Horus Heresy, actually like, throw down. Um, the whole reason we have this, I guess, supplement to 40K is because of the Black Library books because they were a huge success. They started coming out in around 2006 um, with Horus Rising, which Freddie mentioned, uh, having read many times. Uh, it's, um, they're, they're up to like over 50 bucks, I believe. Um, yep. and, and yeah, 50, you know? they're, um, I, 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 I don't know where to begin with them. Honestly, um, they are foundational, uh, for this hobby, but they're not essential. If you just want to play the game, uh, you can get by with the black books, with the forge world books. Um, you don't necessarily have to uh, to read the Black Library books, but it, it will definitely give you a more holistic uh, sort of understanding of the universe. It would be a loss if you didn't. Yeah. And honestly, they're not all great. A couple of them are pretty bad, but most of them are pretty good. Battle of yes. the Abyss is great. Stop fucking denying it. Honestly, Battle <laughs> for the Abyss isn't the worst one. <laughs> Which one is? Uh, Unremembered Empire is the worst. Troll me. Um, Come at me, bro. Um, I think... Um, <laughs> I, I still think that, that uh, the Damnation of Pythos is the worst book. Yeah, but they tie it up quite uh, lovely in the latest... I'm with JP, though. So here's the thing. The worst book that you can't ignore is Unremembered Empire. The problem with yes. Unremembered Empire is you kind of have to read it because it's like the nexus of a bunch of story points but is a awful, awful book. The, I think that if you just read them both as one-off books, that uh, 
Damnation of Pythos is the far worse book. Like it, it like literally almost made my brains run out of my ears. It was so bad. Um, but <laughs> I must once I read it, it, once I read it, I could just tell everyone: do not read this piece of crap. You don't have to read it. It means nothing in the greater scheme of things. You don't have to listen. You don't have to read it. I took the bullet. I, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I agree and disagree. I think Pythos is is not the best, but. I think it's a good book that is useless, as opposed to Unreal Empire, which is um, an essential. A bad book, book which is essential. Bad. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like uh, Unreal Empire. All right, is... well, <clears throat> well, good. Says, what is the best book then? Uh, best book in the Probably series. Betrayer. 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 Betrayer is the best book yeah. in the series. Yeah. <laughs> is there any debate <laughs> about this? Is anybody debating it? I mean, Master of Mankind is fantastic. Ventral Spirit is great, but Betrayer is the best book in the series. I don't think I put Master of Mankind in my top five. I'm but not put it like this. I, I read Betrayer two times, and I can't really remember what it's about. Oh, okay. So it's it's a good book, but it's, for me, it's not a memorable memorable ah, memorable, memorable book. You're done. Yeah. You're done. Chris. I like No No Fear you're, a lot. Oh, No No Fear is is one of the most pulse pounding action movie fucking like books I've ever read. I I I've rarely No No Fear might not be my favorite. But I think it's the one that was the biggest page turner. It's like it, it's 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 got this relentless feel to it. it. It's so good. It's definitely Dan Abnett's best uh, heresy book. Yeah, I agree with that. What about uh, our Prospero's? Oops. Prospero Burns. Uh, what, what about, about them? A Thousand Sons. They're both great, but No No Fear is better than. It's Bob okay. You broke up, JP. What'd you say? Uh, sorry. Um, um, uh, the both both Prospero books are great, uh, but No No Fear is still better than either of them. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I'm also gonna put the, the uh, Ruin Storm, which was the latest one released, is book forty six. So okay, so we're, we're forty six books. Yeah. Oh, also, and an alternate source of the audio books is now Audible because they got. I think they have all of them now. But uh, 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 J- Jody, to to come back to I guess your question, we didn't mention the uh, black li- uh, library books. Um, um, c- can I just presuppose your question um, and, and throw like where would we start with with a black library book? I think is what you I think it would be what you meant. I mean, like Betrayer is yeah, the best, but you can't start with Betrayer. I think that's the important part is where where to begin and to acknowledge that they're a fantastic source of information. Uh, as you say, more of a, an accompaniment once you're in, but they're they're very much a fantastic source of information. Yeah. Uh, I would say, for example, um, Angel Exterminatus, if you're an Iron Warriors player, as well as an Emperor's Children player, you want to go and listen to that. It's one of my, I think it's one of the few Iron Warrior books or, or that they feature in, for example. Um, and it's actually one I really like. Um, but I think when it comes to what you should read, you have to read the first three books. Yeah, yep. there's no yep. argument. I absolutely agree. read the opening the, trilogy, the opening and, then, line, and then you can sort of go your uh, take your own path. Read the opening trilogy, then read Betrayer, then read. Um, but you have to read the Istvan trilogy. There's no way around yep. it. And I think I think it's literally. A, a, shoot me if I'm wrong. It's it's how it has to be one of the first few lines. Is I was there the day Horus slew the Emperor. That's the first line. That, thank you. It was the first line. It's, and there it's it is. The most tantalizing that is literally 
Well, I, I remember reading that for the first time, knowing true well. I was like, holy shit, are they going to do this whole back to the front flashback thing? And it's like, I was there, and then boom. And then, done a really, really short book. Yeah, well, it would have been. Uh, but it was like, are they just doing this weird trickery? I was there, and then we flash back to the beginning. But not to spoil it for you, if you, have, when you, if you haven't read it, you've got to read it. It's amazing. And it is those, those first three books really tee up. Yeah. The heresy I, I need I need to make this point and I need to really underline it. The books aren't linear. Uh, they don't they're not chronological. They don't go from beginning and sort of like uh, uh, every chapter sort of brings the story forward. They go back and forth all the time. After you've read the first three, Horse Rising, uh, uh, False Gods, and Galaxy in the Flames, um, I would actually recommend that you just pick up the next one that's interesting to you, uh, the Legion that you're interested in. Uh, first heretic uh, might be a great one to do after that. Uh, they're not linear, um, so uh, don't feel that you're missing a part of the story because you missed one book. Skip Battle for the Abyss. Skip Damnation of Pythos. You're not going to miss anything. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm going to just put in this: don't read Ruin Storm after the first three weeks. <laughs> don't don't skip Fulgrim. No, that's not because Fulgrim is so damn good. It's so good. Like it's the best of the first ten. It's Fulgrim. It's there's ah. no question. It's so good. Uh, but let's let's move on, really. Yeah, we're gonna get stuck in this one. But yeah, that, that was that was my main point about the Black Library books. And to sort of bring this this whole section of sort of what's required, where to go, community, books, you know, black books, red books, pick a legion. Then start investing in the models, and or don't pick a legion, or don't pick a legion, or pick a faction, pick a direction, and then start investing yeah. the models from there, and you know make everything work for you that's out there because there is so much stuff out there to help you, and then you can start sprinkling in uh, things like you know like the black uh, the um, black library books, but please read the first three books. You will not. You will. You will not regret that. Um, I promise you that much. Um, and that I think is a really good amble into. You know that that's where it begins. Then you sort of step to the tabletop, and I, I think if you've played any sort of war game before, I mean, we're talking about coming over, and and you know, a, a lot of the people we're aiming this at are the curious. So you know what you need to bring to the table: your dice. Your army list, your your book, your source books. If you're, you know, if you want want those to come with you, but heresy is slightly different. Uh, I mean, what would you guys say are the must-haves at a table when you're playing a game? Well, now that they're here's the thing: if you're listening to this episode and you're pumped about heresy, you kind of need to wait a month because the very first thing, in my opinion, the very first purchase from here on out that anyone needs to make if you want to play heresy is going to be the new heresy rule book coming out. Um, Cause the way I understand it, it's going to have some, you know, basic fluff and background in it. Plus all the core rules you need, plus all the expansions that you used to have to have that were separate books, like stronghold assault and all that crap is all included in that one book. So it's actually going to save you a bunch of time and money tracking down a bunch of resources and having all these separate books. Uh, it's all going to be available in one book. The only book thing now. that isn't available in it is uh, the Son Mortalis rule set, right? 
but they're for you can download those for free yeah, off web off Worlds website if if it, if they're still up. Exactly. I just wanted to put it in there when we say what's in the new book. Yeah. That's quite easy to find. You just have to go to the download section of the Forge World. So website. here in a month, all you're really going to need is that new rule book plus whatever red book uh, fits your faction. Um, the only exception being Blood Angels, Dark Angels, or White Scars, which you would need book uh, six for. Or if you're wanting to play uh, Thousand Suns, Space Wolves, or Talons, you would need book seven. And for Talons, you also need uh, to go through Ford Twelve's website for to find the rules for specific miniatures like special dreadnoughts and uh, flyers and tanks. Right, the experimental stuff. Yeah, but that's all. Uh, they, free they, they're download. actually not. They're not experimental. They're set. Sadly. Oh, okay. I got you. But they're still at the website. So good it's all good. To find it. So we've got we've got that. What other step? The, one big difference for me. One big difference. One of, one of the reasons I love playing the Iron Warriors, between where where it is now, where it's going, uh, and to where Forty K is going, is some rather nicely shaped pieces of plastic that you get to cover things with. Because you need templates. You need to make yeah. sure your templates. All the templates. All the templates. Because th that's one of the things that I've always, always loved about this game um, is templates. Uh, especially uh, when you have fun things like knights, for example, and, um, you know, typhons or fell blades, the big things. It's very satisfying to put a very large template over your opponent's uh, army. It's even more satisfying when it actually hits where you want it to hit and you do some damage. But, you know, take it where you can get it. Um, it's, it's extremely satisfying when your opponent has stuff that's written on them that's, like, very clever and whatever, and then it scatters a bunch and it lands back on them. That's pretty funny. Oh, Freddie knows the, a lot the, about that. Yeah, I was just saying, the old, the old backspin up. Perfection. Perfection. <laughs> <laughs> have to do an amendment here. Oh, because it doesn't seem that the Sermatiles rules are available from Fortwell anymore as download. Oh, uh, they're not in the FAQ section and the downloads and all that. They used to be a standalone one. Aha! Uh -huh. Oh, well, there may be some hunting need needed to be done. Maybe they're just updating them. We'll see what happens when a new book is released. Otherwise, I think they can be obtained anyway. Yeah, I th I'm pretty yeah. sure they're out there somewhere. It's a bit, it's a bit X Filesy, but they're out there somewhere. So we've got the rule book, your red books, your army list, which is always helpful, um, especially uh, you know. Again, I've mentioned things that have have come into this hobby in a big way. List building apps, for example, Quartermaster. Battle amendment. If you Google Son Mortalis rule sets, you get to the place on the Fortwood website where you can find it. Okay. With the list of amendments. Multiple amendments. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Quartermaster is good. Battlescribe is hardly working these days, sadly. I don't know. Does anybody have a preference here? Quartermaster. Yeah. The only problem with Quartermaster is that it's only available on iDevices. If you don't have an iPhone, iPad, iWhatever, um, yeah, iWatch, whatever they make these days, iShoes, the iRan, 
Um, ITV. Yeah, yeah, whatever. If you don't have any of that where you can download uh, Quartermaster, then you're kind of stuck with uh, using or just do your old, you know, pencil and paper or notepad in Microsoft or whatever you want to do. Excel. There you go. Excel. Excel's a bit hardcore, but okay. Um, so there's that. And then dice. Lots of dice. Because dice are cool. And throwing dice is a whole lot of fun. Um, and there's some really cool dice that, if you can get your hands on them, exist um, for the heresy, which are Legion-specific dice. And um, I think it's worth to, worth saying that uh, they, they, they work better than the... The uh, GW version of, of uh, specific, you know, factions dice. Well, yeah, because you don't start getting some sort of Pavlovian response when you roll a one by seeing your legion <laughs> symbol show up, <laughs> which you do with some of the things like the ultramarine dice and things along those lines. Um, and the, the fact that you can actually read what uh, number you're rolling, because some it, of the some of the other ones from GW and other companies might not even be legible from across the table or when you try to read them yourself on your own side of the table. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Uh, I have a magic ability that uh -huh. is if I want to roll if I want to roll dice and I scream perfection, I'm gonna roll a one. Every time. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Except except when it's leadership test. Then becomes a six. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that's just how it is. It's it's not you. It's the dice, right? <laughs> but I don't know. I like uh, seriously. Once uh, we put that that video about our armored warfare rules breakthrough thing, you will see what I'm talking about. Okay, fair enough. So well, at least more people will see what you're talking about. Perfection. Perfection. Oh perfection. God, perfection. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're going to have a team perfection moment, aren't we? Here. Okay, fair enough. Team, team perfection is in the house. Um, I love you. So, there's one thing <laughs> we really haven't talked about yet. What's that, Chris? What are we missing? How do you start a game? Yeah, this is this is always interesting. So we we need to start talking about the turns and how the game works. So let, let, let's let's get there and and should should we can I put this over to our resident sage, Mr. Ryan Kimmel? Oh, I thought you were going to JP. Um, <laughs> I don't know how this damn game works. That's that's the reason I'm on here. But it's it's true that you can just put the tank on the table and it doesn't matter which direction it's facing. Uh, you can shoot and kind of charge out of whatever little rivet on it as you want. Yeah, this is why we play this game. Um, so, <laughs> Ryan, do you want to sort of take everybody through? The, the, let's get there. We start getting down to the basics: how to play the game itself on the tabletop. Do you want to start taking it? You, let's take everybody through a a basic, straight up a, one opponent versus another game. How do we begin? Okay, so you're going to have your uh, your army list already written, and they're they'll have their army list already written. Um, you'll need a six by four table, preferably. It doesn't have to be that size, but that's kind of the regulation size. Um, 
and you'll need to have some type of mission to play. So in all these rule books and stuff we've been talking about, specifically the one that's coming out, you'll have a list of missions in there. They usually have a table you can roll on if you want to randomly determine the mission, or you guys can just agree to play a certain one. Like if you want to play uh, Shatter Strike or whatever, you can just decide to play that. Um, and each mission has a certain deployment tied to that. And what I mean by that is they'll they'll mark they'll have a little image and it'll like represent a six by four board, and they'll have a shaded in area to tell you where you and your opponent deploy your troops that are you know usually tied to the mission. Some of them you roll uh, separately for, so you'll roll for your mission and then roll for your deployment sometimes. And once again, this is all stuff you can pick. But that's going to be your first step is to have your battlefield set up, your table, and then you're going to pick basically pick or roll for a mission and deployment zone. Um, once that's determined, you will essentially roll off. The winner who rolls off will deploy, will either choose to deploy their army or have their opponent deploy. Um, once that's done, the other person will go um, and then... Uh, you basically everything's set up and then you'll start the first turn and the first turn um, begins with the person who deployed their army first, unless their opponent uh, seizes the initiative, which is a special rule. You can look that up in the book and then you just start going through the turn phases that are laid out by the rule book, which is you move your guys, uh, then you shoot your guys and then you do your assault phase. Oh, there's a psychic phase in there too, but that's only for those red painted losers. Nobody else really cares about that. <laughs> Well, li literally, literally, they are red, red painted, regardless, aren't they? Word the bear of the yeah. word and the sons of the thousand. Uh, I was, I thought you were including the blood angels in that as well, but you know, I, 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 no. I don't start down talk, start down talking the the blood angels because you know that's not cool. Um, okay, so that that's that's literally the basic overview. So let's start. Let's start. Brass tacks, the movement phase. Because I, I know this this might to most of our listeners who listen to this, they're going, dude, what are you doing? You know, but this is about somebody who is literally coming into it for the first time. So the difference again between where we have eighth edition for eighth edition 40k and first edition heresy is miniatures have set movements. You know, that your dudes everything moves six inches. Unless it's a vehicle, unless it's something that everything has a set movement. And that is where you're going to be going. You're going to be going with your movement first. You don't have to move. You can turn around on the spot. You can, you know, move at whatever. Just think of it like chess. Go whatever angle, whatever. You move. You get you. But all that's important. That's an important distinction. Um, yeah. I, in my personal opinion and all my work gaming experience playing since the early 90s, that I enjoy most as far as miniature wargaming and what makes a good miniature wargame um, and and what makes it fun to play and replay value is how much emphasis is put on model positioning and model placement. That's the key. If you don't have that, if that's not good in a game, um, I personally don't find the game enjoyable or engaging. Yeah, I mean, I am, I am literally making it very simple, but you are right. It is, it is so much about uh, 
where you put the models, where things go, how you line them up, because that then affects every other phase from then on out. Um, and as, as you know, as joking as it may be, it matters because, you know, if you guys aren't in a position to get the maximum number of shots in, you're just going to get the shots that you can see. It's not a case of, well, you know, he can see and he can see, so everybody can see. It doesn't work like that. You've got to get everybody lined up. If you're planning to do an assault with a unit at some point, you've got to make sure you've got them in the right place because inches count. I didn't really want to have to use that phrase, but hey, um, you know, it is really tactically important. Um, I mean, what are some of the pitfalls or what are some of the, the key things that uh, people should really know about the movement phrase, phase even, phrase, movement phase, uh, Ryan, that sort of jumped to you right away? Is there anything in particular? Yeah. So the, the, reason, the reason it's important to position your models correctly is anything that's like a vehicle has different armor facings. So it's pretty simple to determine that. You literally just draw an X through the vehicle because almost everything's a square, roughly square shape. There'll be a little diagram in the rule book that shows you this. You essentially just draw across through it, through the corners. It's pretty simple. Um, they make uh, fancy laser pointers that project a line on the table if you're real finicky about it. Usually it's very obvious to determine it. And you can also even, when you move your models, just kind of talk to your opponent like if it's it's close, and but both people know it's achievable. Just say, hey, man, I'm moving my uh, tank here, some side armor of this. Do you agree to that? And they'll go, oh, they'll look at it and go, yeah, yeah. And that, that just it makes it settled on everybody's on the same page. It's pretty, pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Um, most of your infantry, basically anything that doesn't have an armor value, is going to be able to see 360 degrees. But you're going to be playing on a battlefield with, you know, different obstacles, things that block line of sight, uh, things that slow you down when you move, that slow you down or may have different rules on how you move up and move down. Um, so all that's important on how you position your model, because if you want to charge someone, um, you may decide that the like, so when you charge, if you're charging through difficult terrain, because there's a barricade there, it may be more advantageous to move a little bit to the side to move around that barricade um, instead of just moving straight at them. Or um, if you know that you're going to be shot at by your opponent next turn with a bunch of guns that will just remove your guys, it's going to ignore your armor save, you may decide to move into a bunch of ruins, area terrain, even though you're taking a movement penalty, to then make your guys harder to dig out and harder to kill because it's going to give you a save where they would be ignoring it. So key to the game. If you get really good at the movement phase, you're going to be really good at the game. Model position is the far and away the most important thing. Um, in my opinion, like anybody who tells me otherwise, I start questioning on how smart they actually are about the game. <laughs> And I tell you what, what's what's um, important about that as well is it it makes it way more realistic. Yeah, and and because you literally put you you're so much more putting yourself in the position mentally in the position of each unit. Where does this need to be for its best? You know, tactically, where does it need to be? Where are you going to put it to 
you know, do the be effective and not in a. It's not about crunching. Well, numbers. is is this model? Am I putting this model in? Like, what does this unit do? Is this does this yeah. specialize in killing infantry? Does this specialize in killing tanks? If it specializes in killing infantry, how do I get it in position to inflict the most damage on my opponent's infantry? And then I have to think: How is he going to move his infantry to counter this? It's all about matchups. Like, if, if I try to move my guys into position to kill my opponent's infantry, and and he or she is able to counter that by you know doing some fancy maneuvering to present me with tanks as a target as opposed to infantry, and now my guys with that i mean that's just fair play that's like what makes the game interesting it's move and counter move and all of this happens um really in the movement phase like i said when you're shooting and killing things all of that is set up by things you've already done in the movement phase you're just rolling dice at that point and then you know you're going to be looking at when you roll dice it's all about you know you're basically trying to put yourself in a position to roll dice and get them to roll the least amount of die to give you the statistical advantage to eliminate their units while yours are still in good shape. But all of that happens in the movement phase, even though people don't think that because that's like nothing dies in the movement phase. Like there's like everybody thinks of that as the boring phase, I guess. But that's really the setup to the entirety of the game. Yep. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that at all. Yeah, and it, it's it it adds so much flavor to the game, uh, especially if you're doing it um, when you're thinking about things. And, and, and you know, again, you, I, I recommend you go and listen to the battle casts that JP and Mark do over at the Age of Darkness, because listening to the movement just it tells the story. It sets the story up so well. Um, listening to the the sort of the positioning of terminators and other units on bridges and the the you can hear no offense jp you can kind of hear the despair in certain people's <laughs> voices when, when gigantic super heavies start rolling towards trenches yes and they're about to lay down gigantic flamer templates that there is something about that that just makes you you know well, the, the movement phase is exactly it. what it sounds like. It's it, it that is where things are actually. Um, um, uh, that's where the agency comes in. That's where things are actually. I don't want to say moving. That's where things are doing stuff. <laughs> um, after that, like uh, yeah, no, no, Ryan, you you make, you make such a good point. It's like the moving phases. That's that's the key uh, part. That's where um, uh, you know you're you're positioning things. You're you're. Uh, and and after that, it becomes just a, like almost a, cor a corollary, like the shooting phase and the yep. Phase after that, it's basically just rolling dice. It's just yep. rolling dice, and yep. if you eliminate all the stuff that makes the movement phase good, then you're just rolling dice. You might as well be playing Yahtzee or something else. It's like if you look at chess, which is like you know, like everybody thinks of that as like the the best representation of like military, like in a board game, like the most balanced fair because it's like. You start with the same pieces. It's old. It's ancient. It's tried and true. Tested. It's perfectly balanced. Um, other than who takes the first turn. Yeah, That's really the is, only white variable. Is OP. White is totally OP. <laughs> yeah, white is OP. So it's made like if you equate wargaming to chess, it's still the same thing. Like moving is how you defend and attack. Like it's all done through movement. There's no dice rolling or whatever. Um, wargaming is essentially just a chess game. 
where once you move the piece, you then roll dice to see if your piece kills the other piece. So it's still all about the exact same stuff. It's just through the movement, it's just giving you a statistical advantage or disadvantage um, of how that outcome is going to end up when the pieces clash. That's really all that it is. And that is that. That is the movement phase. I mean, there are, I mean, we have to take into consideration lots of different units, lots of different movement options with them. Uh, things, again, you know, that affect every phase from then on. But the movement phase is 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 key, and it's where you get to have a lot of the fun. Um, and by fun, I mean there is something, like I said, satisfying about moving a super heavy tank forward towards your opponents and just seeing their eyes go, oh, shit. <laughs> and, and calculate which unit of theirs. On the all right. So anyway, w what I was getting at is the movement phase is what allows somebody like Jody said that you know you got this big semi you know what is what looks to be an indestructible mega tank that rolls forward with all these guns. If you're smart with your movement, you can kill that with some javelins. You know, you sneak around through outflank or through just outmaneuvering the opponent and using your arcs and angles to get around behind that thing and shoot it. And, and that's super satisfying. Um, to me, that's far more satisfying than just saying, you know, here's a bunch of big guns. You got a bunch of big guns. I'm going to shoot my big guns at your big guns and remove them. And now my big guns are, now I have the advantage because I was able to shoot my big guns first. But, but I thought it was all about veterans with uh, multi bombs. Yeah, that's a whole nother thing too. But, uh, <laughs> No, but I mean that's what that's what it all comes down to is is model position. I mean, if you're worried about your opponent having a bunch of melt bombs, um, you know, pre measuring's a thing. Like, uh, I mean, if you want to talk lazy heresy, how lazy is it to measure out the threat range of a unit that can move six and then possibly charge two d six and just stay away from that? You know, uh, then it makes it their job to, you know, cut you off or isolate you or put multiple units in position where then you have to make a choice of which direction to move. So, I mean, once again, like it's all counter, it's all thrusting and counter thrust and trying to read your opponent and, you know, what they're trying to do. You know, there's all these different armies, all these different options, different things move different speeds. There's people that have all kinds of different play styles. That's what makes it fun is because there's all these variables and it's trying to figure all of that out and put it all together on the tabletop and, you said it, it adds realism, you know, to the game. Yeah, I think you have a point there. Like, uh, compared to what my experience with 40Ks and, and compared to, like, uh, like, at Scandal's Web, heaps of, uh, there was a lot, like, Iron Warriors were kind of, you know, one of the legions that people brought, but none of the Iron Warrior legions, army lists, looked the same. So that, uh, <laughs> that was pretty crazy. Yeah, because there's going to be all these different play styles and people that theme their list to do certain things. Um, and that's and once again, that's all going to be like if I take a bunch of artillery, I'm going to be more of a sit still gun line thing. And then I'm going to have to look at units that are good at countering charging to defend that gun line. If I you know, want to go more mobile and do like an armored breakthrough list, you're going to have all these fast tanks and things that move fast. It's going to play totally different. So, um that's kind of the key for the movement phase is to build a, a strong theme in your army list and then play to that theme. And, and that usually all plays out, like I said, more in the movement phase than any other phase of the game. 
back to Mondo. So, I think it's important now we've covered covered the movement phase relatively well. All the all the pitfalls and pluses and minuses, whatever you want to call them. What's the next phase in in, in the sequence? Where do Thank we go for phase. movements? Okay, so it's basically the abracadabra phase. Um, yep. And this this is a, a phase that's. Uh, I, I would like to think it's fair to say that it's it's becoming more prevalent now since book seven dropped. Uh, I, there, I mean, there is a reason because, again, the, for those who to, to understand, the Thousand Suns Legion is one of the uh, one of the eighteen legions. It's a heavily, a, a ridiculously heavily psychic army. Uh, in comparison to other armies, where you may find one or possibly two. Um, models with psychic powers, um, even in entire legions, there may be one or two unlikely to be special characters that have psychic abilities. The Thousand Sons are very much that is what they do. So, since Book Seven uh, came out, the Building a Prospero book uh, or Book Seven, and you have these guys, you have the Sisters of Silence, which are the antithesis of a psychic warrior they are the null maidens the, the things the, the anathemas that basically do not register in the warp it's become much much more prevalent but only when you face these sort of legions and opponent factions in my opinion uh, i mean do you guys find the psychic phase affects your gaming otherwise um, um every once in a while somebody will take a rogue librarian and you know it goes through usually it's like they have one or two powers that are usually a buff or a debuff, so they'll roll a few dice, and you'll roll your couple dice and try to stop it or not, and if it goes through, they'll usually end up with a fairly minor bonus on a unit for a turn. So, no. I mean, it doesn't It doesn't get where it becomes a key focus of the battle unless, like you said, you're playing something like a Thousand Suns Legion. So it's not really... A, it, it becomes a... It's a very contained... Uh, and very focused phase, heavily geared or, or, or heavily important to to at least one legion, the Thousand Suns. Effectively, it's almost their shooting phase. We've heard it called. I think Freddie, you've mentioned it a few times like that. That yeah. it's it's effectively their shooting phase because it's where they're far more prevalent. Um, but it's important to understand that basically, each player rolls a dice, a d6 that generates a number of warp charges. If, and warp charges are the things that the, the number that give you the number of d6 you can put towards casting spells or, or psychic powers. Have you want? Well, to but the it? problem with telling people this is we don't know the new rule books coming out in a month. I'm, go I'm going on current knowledge. I'm going on current <laughs> how it works uh, as as of recording, and certain things will affect it. So how powerful your psychers are, how do the units work, whatever. Um, and then you can cast a number of different things, whether they make your troops better, affects your opponent's troops, uh, you know, cause direct damage, whatever types of... There's lots of information, and it's not... Actually, I'm going to make a bold statement and say it's not a phase to get into now in detail, because, as you say, it could change, and it's very specific to your Legion, but take the time to learn it if it's going to be something you're going to play as part of your Legion. You you can run librarians in every legion. I think really, apart from the world eaters, 
No, well, no, even they had him. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be a change in the the fucking faces. Ooh. This thing is going to be a change in, uh, you know, options. Playing options, playing, playing, playing rules, maybe. Um, I literally still don't understand. Like, I know Ryan just went through it. Um, I still don't understand how the psychic face works. Uh, because I've always played Iron Warriors uh, ever since um, I haven't played. Well, it, it, it's real simple. Like Jody said, well, the controlling player, whoever's turn it is, rolls 1d6. So if me and you are playing G JP, say it's my turn, I have a level 2 librarian. I would roll a single die 6. Whatever that is, that's how many dice both players get. So if I roll a 4, then you would get 4 dice, and I would get 4 dice. Then... Both players count up the number of mastery levels they have in your army. So if you've not taken any librarians, yours is zero. So you're just going to have the four dice that we rolled. If I had a level two librarian, he's level two mastery level. So I would get two additional dice. So I would have six dice to your four dice. When I choose to cast a power, every power has a warp charge level from one to three. The, the ones that are less powerful are one. The more powerful it gets, the higher it goes. The most powerful spells will be three. Um, so basically, I choose a power. Let's say it's a warp charge two. I nominate any number of dice in my pool. I'm going to have to, and then <clears throat> I roll that number of dice. I have to have a number of dice come up a four or better, a four, five, or six, equal to the warp charge of the power. So if I'm casting Warp Charge 2, I'm going to have to at least roll two dice because I can't score two dice that are four pluses by only rolling one die. That's impossible. Unless you're a, like a magician, David Copperfield or some shit. Maybe he can make that happen. I can't make that happen. So um, anyway, you would gamble kind of a number of dice. So you have to think in my head like, well, I, I want to get this power off um, but I want to leave some dice left over to cast my other power. So if I have six dice and I'm casting Warp Charge 2, maybe I just use four dice. So I roll my four dice. Let's say I get a two, a three, a five, and a six. Well, I got a five and a six. Both are over four. So that means I have two. I've harnessed two Warp Charge, which is exactly what I need to cast my Warp Charge 2 power. So now that power goes off. My opponent can then try to stop it by denying the witch. To deny the witch, you basically do the exact same thing that I just did. You roll any number of dice that you want, but you're going to need sixes to cancel out um, my warp charge points. So where I only needed a four or better, you're only gonna you're gonna need sixes. There are some special rules that can change that, but we're just saying like you had no psyker, no special abilities. So then you would gamble any number of dice that you wanted to use to try to cancel it and roll it. And then if you rolled an equivalent number of sixes that I have of successes or more, then you cancel the power and it doesn't work. That's pretty much all there is to it. It's like a little mini game that's pretty simple. All right. No, that's fair. Th thanks for, like, that's honestly, it, it doesn't come up often. Um uh, because yeah. the second phase used to be different in sixth, and that's the last time I played 40k. And um, honestly, a really only one time have I played a full Thousand Suns army uh, against a full Thousand Suns army. Played against Eldar yeah. a few times. Yeah. Um, 
And, and again, psychic phase always felt like something that is just like something that's done to me, right? It's like I can't really do anything. Yeah, yeah I think that's why a lot of people don't like it. Um, I'm hoping this rule book. I mean, it's still going to be that way, but the problem before was the powers. A lot of the powers were too extreme in what they did. I think if you tone down the powers where they don't have a, as much of a massive effect on the game as they did, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? If, if it's just a minor buff or a minor effect like it should be, um, then who really cares if it's always happening? You know what I mean? I mean, you're going to want to try to stop it if you can, but it's not like going to win or lose games based on can you get a visibility off every turn like it was. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's how the psychic phase works. It's pretty easy. It's basically just I need this many warp charges, uh, so I have to roll that. I have to score that many dice. Have to score a four or better, and then to for my opponent to stop it, they have to roll an equivalent or more sixes than I got fours or better. That's it. That's all there is to it. It's pretty easy. ECSP. Good explanation. Yeah. So what's next? Jody? So what now we've got the now you've got a clear picture of the psychic phase. Let's move on to the next phase. This is shooting. This is this is a personally one of my favorite phases. It has something <laughs> to do with the fact that I'm an iron warrior. Um and and we like this stuff, right, JP? Yes, we like to shoot things with our guns. We no, with our very very big guns. Because big guns never tire. No, the that's big a guns horrible never tire. Line. That was a really really forced uh, reference there. Uh, You're talking about my biceps, right? Yeah, that too. Of course, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Freddy. No, I, I would go uh, back to old French much. doctrine that said uh, "le feu tue," uh, firepower kills, and that's the Iron Warriors' uh, motto, and that's why we should talk about the firepower phase. The firepower phase, exactly. So, brief overview, very brief. I'll do I'll do the synopsis here. Uh, the shooting phase. This is where you get to fire all your guns. Almost all your guns, depending on what happened to you the turn before. But lots of shooting. Now, Ryan, can you yep. give a better synopsis of the shooting phase than I can? Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, you're, you're, you get to choose the order in which you fire um, your units. In 30K, um, every unit uh, has to... Like, every model in a unit has to shoot all of their... Well... Every model in a... Like, when you pick a unit to shoot, you pick an enemy unit, and all your models in that unit that you chose have to shoot at that unit. You can't um, divide fire. So you can't say, this guy's going to shoot this unit, this guy's going to shoot this other unit. This, that's that's not a thing in 30K like it is in 40K. So you have to be a little more careful about what you shoot, and it makes you make a harder decision. If you got a tank bearing down on you at the same time as an assault squad bearing down on you, and you only have a single melt gun in a unit, you're going to have to, if you want to shoot that melt gun at that tank, you're going to have to hope, really hope that it destroys that tank, and you may have to take a charge from that assault squad the next turn. Um, there's not really an easy choice there. So it, it makes it more, in my opinion, more tactical, and it also rewards your opponent for being tactical. Because 
if you could just split fire and shoot everything willy-nilly, your opponent wouldn't be rewarded for putting you in that difficult situation to begin with. And then if you made the right or wrong choice, you wouldn't be punished or rewarded for, for making that choice. You would just always have the right choice of being, why well, shoot these rifles here and this other gun here? Because it's obvious to do that. So um, in 30K, that's different. And in my opinion, that's another thing that makes the game exciting and different. And there's more of a reward system to it. Um, so once you choose a target that you're going to fire a unit at based on, you know, if your unit's anti, you know, better at killing infantry or better at killing tanks, you get to choose what order you shoot units. So you may choose to, sh like, say you have your opponent has a tank with infantry in it and you have an anti-tank unit and an anti-infantry unit. Well, what you're going to want to do is shoot that anti-tank unit first to try to open that vehicle up to then allow your anti-infantry unit to shoot the infantry that just had to get out of the tank that's now a smoking pile of rubble. So there's a little bit of a... Uh, just there, um, getting your target priority down, and, you know, being good at that will really help you uh, in the game. That's probably the second most important thing in the game behind movement is your target priority and managing what your units are good at and, and getting them to fire at the units that they're best at destroying. Um, so to fire, it's just a matter of knowing how many shots the weapons in the squad get, um, rolling that number of dice, and then you consult, you know, different charts depending on the strength, toughness of what you're shooting at and your ballistic skill and all that stuff. So, the roll to hit is always the same. You always just take the ballistic skill of the model firing and subtract it from seven and you get a result. And that's what you need on a D six. It's super simple. Um, so if you have ballistic skill five, you subtract five from seven, you're left with two. That's the, that's the result you need on your die to hit. Um, if you're three, you subtract three from seven, you're left with four. That's the result on your die. You need to hit, um, to wound what you shoot at. It's, it's comparative. Um, which is pretty cool because this is what allows you to uh, different units good at different things. This is what makes a company of dudes with LAS rifles not effective at shooting a Primarch. Because the Primarch's toughness is so high, your odds of wounding him are going to be so low, it makes them not very good at that. So it, it allows um, units to be comparative so that you have to seek an appropriate matchup with, once again adds a tactical depth to the game and makes it seem more realistic. Um, so to, that's just a chart you can consult. I can rattle off. Um, you can either write, so there's a chart you can consult or there's just kind of a formula you can memorize. Um, the formula is essentially if your strength and their toughness are equivalent, you need fours. If you're one higher, you need fives. If you're two higher or more you need sixes and that's true all the way until it becomes double or until it let's see what is it there's a drop off so like strength three can't hurt strength or tough seven strength four can't hurt tough eight can't hurt tough nine strength six can't hurt tough ten and then there's nothing higher than toughness ten and it goes in the reversed order so you can either just memorize it that way or consult the chart. It's one of those things that it just becomes second nature after you play a few games. You'll pick it up. 
Um, most things are in the range of three to six, which is pretty easy to compare and remember. Once you start getting some weird ones like, oh, I have to shoot these last guns at Castlex, that may be something you, you would have to look up. Um, but most of the time, most people get this memorized pretty quickly. It kind of becomes cool. habit by the amount of time you're using it. Right. And then once you determine the number of wounds, then your opponent gets to make any type of saving throws. So certain guns have different armor penetration values. It's a super simple system. Your armor penetration on your gun is equal to or less than the number of that's on their profile for an armor save. They just don't get an armor save. So if they have a 3-plus armor save and your gun is AP 3, 2, or 1, they're just not getting a save of any kind. Um, so you're just taking wounds or removing models, depending on if you're multi-wound models, whatever. Um, the only exception to that would be if they're in cover. Um, cover grants you a secondary save called a cover save. Um, they range typically like a hardened, hardened barricade. Um, certain things will give you a three, but it's really rare. Most of the range is usually four plus, but most things are really four or five. So if you think of something like um, trees, bushes, something that's obscure but hard, like hard to see through, but a bullet would pass yeah. through pretty easy, that's usually a five. Something that's hard to see through but would also stop hard rounds like rifle rounds, that would be <laughs> like a four. Like that would be like stone or like a barricade or something like that. That's yeah. crazy. Um, What's crazy? Well, that that is just crazy. Oh, okay. But um, but anyway, I mean that's pretty much the shooting phase. So it's basically rolling to hit with a unit, rolling to wound with a unit, and then they get saves. If you're shooting at a vehicle, it works a little different. You roll to hit, um, then you roll a d6 and add it to the strength of the weapon to try to meet or beat the vehicle's armor, and then it gets any cover saves. It does not have armor. And then you get a roll on a damage table. It's slightly different. It, both are pretty easy to do. Once you play a few games, it's it's really easy to get down. It starts flowing pretty easy. And there it is. That is, again, in a nutshell, um, what we're looking at. So once you've laid down the devastation in the shooting phase, then comes on to the assault phase. And this is very much... Uh, where some armies shine, some armies struggle, um, and it, it's uh, it's it's always a fun one. I, in, I always love this ways, phase. This is the definitive phase. This is the one that's going to make or break you. Um, yeah, if, it's, if it's you a big tough it out, turning it, point for a lot of a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's like the bayonet charge in the nineteenth century. You know, like yeah, there's going to be a. The two armies are going to shoot at each other, but what's really, especially in Napoleonic warfare, what's really going to break an army is going to be the bayonet charge. And that's what we're talking about. I mean, this is where things get decisive. Yep, for sure it does. Yep. That's what we're looking at. And that's that's uh, where it comes from. And again, Brian, I'm going back to you, buddy. You know you know this stuff. Okay, so so assault's super, assault super easy. Um you have to first. You have to be eligible to assault. In order to be eligible to assault, uh, there there'll be certain things that like make you ineligible. Um, if you fire any weapon that's not an assault weapon, 
um, then you can't charge unless you have some form of relentless or some way to get around that, which will tell you directly in your special rules. Wait, hold on. You can, so basically, you need. Can't you fire a rapid fire weapon, but not not double tap it? No. If you fire a, mul a rapid fire weapon, you cannot charge, regardless of whether you fired it once or twice. Really? Oh shit. Okay. I thought you could fire a last gun, but like only one time, and then. You can't fire a nope. fire weapon at all? Nope. Not oh if you want God. an assault. This is... This, this is this That's is, why... This has been in the rules since 98, and I can't remember it. Which is why I'm the control group. Okay, you want, this, you want to explain... This, this is why almost every model... In, this is why almost every model in the game has a sidearm, like a last pistol or a bolt uh, pistol. Oh, okay, okay. Um, again, yeah. I'm, I'm terrible at this. Uh, yeah, you want to explain, explain the difference between assault weapons and rapid-fire weapons and shit, because... Um, I've been playing since 1993, and uh, okay, I, so I so there's so there's ra there's rapid fire weapons, there's assault weapons, and then there's uh heavy weapons, and then there's a thing called ordnance, and that's pretty much your four weapon types. So you have pistols. Um, pistols are basically just assault weapons. They always count as an assault weapon. Um, the only the other advantage that a pistol has is that it will always count as a second weapon. Alt, which if you have two weapons in assault, you get an extra die to your attack profile. So it's kind of like double dipping. That's why pistols are good. Um, so anyway, um, you basically have to fire an assault weapon. You, that's the only t weapon type you can fire in the assault phase and still assault, unless you have some type of secondary rule that states otherwise. Like Relentless, or like being a Dreadnought, or whatever. It'll specifically state this model may charge, you know, even if it fired, you know, a weapon that was an assault, basically. Um, the way rapid fire weapons work is they can fire once using their profile, just like normal. So maximum range, whatever, a single time, or they can fire twice at half the distance of their maximum range. So if your maximum range is 30 inches, you could fire twice at 15 or once at 30. A bolt gun, which is the standard weapon in the game, has a 24-inch range, meaning you can fire it twice at 24 inches or once at 12 inches or... or sorry. Twice at 12 inches or less or once <laughs> at... Once further than 12 inches but less than 24. Okay. Um, now, if you fire it in either mode, you cannot assault. So what you would do is all Marines have a bolt pistol and a bolter. So... In order to assault, you're going to have to be within 12 inches because your assault range is 2d6. So the maximum you can roll is 12. Um, so well, you well, can charge anyway. You, you can roll longer, but yeah, you can only move that far. Yeah. So anyway, um, 12 inches is it. So, I mean, when you have a pistol that's 12-inch range, you're always going to be within range of shooting that pistol and then assaulting afterwards. And pistols are assault. So that's kind of why Marines have pistols and a lot of Guardsmen have pistols or whatever. And then you're like, really shitbird troops like Militia usually have to choose between having a rifle or a pistol, which makes your um, choice of what you do even harder. Yeah, but it, which if, is, you're which if you're playing Militia I mean, and you're in, you get to the assault phase, usually <laughs> by then you've already lost. <laughs> right. 
so that's that's the different in weapons. But when you get to the assault phase, you basically choose any. You have to find your units that are eligible to assault. Like I said, so you're going to have to look at what weapons the unit fired earlier in the turn. Um, make sure they're eligible to assault, and then they're going to have to be within within maximum charge range of an enemy unit, which is usually 12 inches because you roll two dice and that's how far you move. Um, certain terrain types, it will slow you down. If a, certain opponents have certain war gear, it'll slow you down. So you basically, before you roll any dice, you figure out what the maximum charge range is possible to that unit. If you're within that distance, you can attempt to charge. Um, when you declare, I'm attempting this charge, your opponent then gets to make an overwatch attack if it's eligible to do so. Uh, once again, certain things are eligible to overwatch or not. All that will be made clear in your unit history. I can't go through every unit on a short podcast and tell you every scenario. So you just check and see if you're eligible to fire overwatch. If you're eligible to fire overwatch, you fire any guns that are eligible to do so um, at a, what's using a special rule called snap fire. Um, basically, Snapfire is you throw your ballistic skill totally out the window to hit. You essentially snapshot at ballistic skill one, effectively. Um, so, certain once again, certain armies have special rules that, in the general case, you're going to need sixes. Um, so, that you're going to go back to the steps that we just went through in the shooting phase. Roll to hit, needing sixes, then roll to wound, then your opponent gets armor saves, whatever... You know, and then they roll morale if they take casualties, all that. Once that's done, your distance may have changed because certain models may have died that made you in distance that now certain, you know, a number of models died. Now you're out of distance. So now you might as well not even roll the dice. If you're still within your maximum charge range after removing any casualties for Overwatch, you roll your two dice. And if you're whatever you roll is the distance your models could potentially move. So you so say you roll an eight. Um, if you're within eight inches to the enemy, you move in contact. If you don't roll high enough, you don't move any models. You just fail to charge and stay where you're at. Um, if you roll high enough, you move the closest model to the closest enemy model and put them in base contact. And then you can go through and move any other models in any order you want. Um, once everybody's moved, um, you start at initiative 10 so very few things are initiative 10 so then you just basically go down through the initiative order until you hit an initiative value in which models in the combat are at that value so let's say you had a centurion in there he's initiative five so when you hit that initiative five um that guy will then pile in three inches if he needs to um you try to pile in to make it into base to base or move as close as you can to the enemy um if once he makes his pile and move, he's in base to base or within two inches of somebody that's in base to base, he can fight. So then you're going to roll your attacks, a number of attacks equal to your profile, using whatever close combat weapons that you're equipped with. Once again, if you have two close combat weapons, you get an extra die. All this is, you know, going to be in the assault phase of the book. I'm kind of getting into minutia here. That's going to be your that's going to be your roll to hit, just like in the shooting phase. Then you're going to get a roll to wound, which is exactly like the shooting phase. Then they're going to take armor saves, exactly like the shooting phase. Then um, they're going to take, you know, and then you're going to go down to the next initiative step, um, and you keep going. The only, like, little difference here 
shooting phase, the biggest difference is your opponent gets to fight back. So once you hit an initiative step, all models at that initiative step, both friend and foe, get to fight. So a lot of times you'll be fighting simultaneously. So generally what people do is one person will roll their dice, um, get the result. If they inflict casualties, you just kind of tip your models over, but you don't remove them so that you remember that they still get to fight. You leave them on the battlefield, but you tip them over. Um, then you'll fight, and you'll get a fight with the guys that, even if they died, even if it was that that exact initiative, because it represents fighting at the same time, then you fight back. Your opponent will then remove any casualties, and then after all that's said and done, you pick up the guys that were tipped over that were your markers to remind you that you needed to fight. And then you go down to the next initiative step and repeat the process until you get all the way down to initiative one. Once initiative one is resolved, you count up the casualties from both sides. So say player A inflicted four casualties and in player B inflicted five because player B inflicted more casualties. He's the winner of the assault. Um, if you win an assault, you take the value that you won by that from your opponent's leadership score so if you won by one they subtract one from their leadership and then they have to make a leadership check yeah. if they fail that check um then you have to check whether you just overrun them and remove all their models or if they get away which is you basically roll a d6 and they roll a d6 and you just compare initiatives it's pretty simple yeah but, um uh, aren't they like uh, i don't know wouldn't they remove after you already roll and see if they hit, if you roll zero, 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 wouldn't they leave? What do you mean? <laughs> what the fuck did you say, Freddy? What? You, what do you, you mean, Freddy? If you roll zero, 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 wouldn't they just leave? How do you roll zeros on a D6? <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like a challenge to Freddy. Don't don't get it started. <laughs> Perfection. Perfection. The turbo IPA. Um, the turbo IPA says yes. I don't understand. Yeah, but anyway, that's pretty much the assault phase. It's pretty simple. It works a lot like the shooting phase, except you're comparing weapon skills to see who hits who, as opposed to just a flat roll like on the uh, to hit roll for shooting, and also your opponent gets to fight back. So yeah. assault's, a assault's a little riskier because your opponent gets to affect you in your face. So if you have a unit that's really good in assault, just know that being good in assault is riskier than being good at shooting because you're interacting with your opponent's models in a level where they get to interact back, where shooting is essentially just, I roll some dice. Even if it goes horribly bad for me, I usually don't suffer any penalty other than I didn't kill any of my enemy's models. If if it's during my turn and I assault something and assault goes horribly bad for me, I may lose entire units on my turn. It can't yeah. go that bad. <laughs> it, it, Let's be definitely, it definitely can't go that bad. <laughs> yeah. If you roll triple zeros, it can go really, really bad. Whatever that means. <laughs> you would know it, mate. You would know it. Fair enough. So there, there, therein lies a very specific, a very straightforward description of how the uh, how the, the the shooting phase can can most definitely affect things. And then, as far as we've just gone through, how the assault phase. I, I am a little tired. I do apologise. The assault yeah. phase 
uh, will have a big effect. At, at those triple zeros are an absolute killer. I still um, understand what Freddie. The one thing we we did we did skip one please. thing. There, there is one thing that we did skip. Sometimes a lot of things have a like right when the turn begins, like there's a rally phase. Um, on your first game turn, obviously you're not going to have things broken when the game begins. Hopefully not. <laughs> that would be some weird uh, things going on. But so like if things broke in the previous shooting phase or the previous assault phase before you start the next shooting phase on the on the next player's turn, you may have to roll to see if units rally or if your reserves show up or things like that. But that's going further deeper into the game. And yeah. and that so so that's kind of like a little short thing you have to do before you actually start your turn where you, before you get to move and shoot and all that. And is there it there once the assault phase is done and everything is done and everybody is dead or broken or removed by the shovel load? Yeah. Then it swaps over to your opponent and then it's their turn and yep. the fun begins again. Yep. And this and you go. You go back and forth um, a number of times until somebody quits or somebody has no models or whatever, or until a number of turns go by set by the mission, essentially. Different missions will have uh, a different number of turns. Sometimes it's random. Sometimes it's a set value. But that's pretty much how it goes. And when you get to the end of the game, the different missions will have different ways to score it. Sometimes it's killing enemy units. Sometimes it's holding objectives. Sometimes it's being in a certain section of the battlefield. Whatever that mission is, you then look to see what your total score is. You add up your score, you add up your opponent's score, and then you determine a winner. That's pretty much it. And that is it. And that that is the very basics of the turn and how how from and getting into the game. Let's let's just roll roll this up into a nice bundle here from working out all the way back how to get into this game, where to get information, how to bring it from I'm curious to I want to know more to oh this looks kind of fun and shiny to now where do I take it and how do I you know meet some dudes to do what I like to do where they like to do what they do all the way to I'm putting stuff on a tabletop and how do I get through. That is and this has this is the the guide on how to do it, the basics on how to do it. Now, as Ryan said more than once, there's a lot of minutiae, a lot of detail that we can go into here to make this more. Um, and I think we're going to look to save that for a, a future episode because I think this is something I, I, we, we want to keep coming. We want to come back to and do a bit more work on. Um, but I think as, as far as what we wanted to cover this evening, I think we've pretty much, pretty much nailed it on the head because that gives us – that is Heresy 101. That is – how to how to be curious and get involved, and how to take it all the way onto the tabletop. Um, I mean, gents, is there is there anything more you, you feel we could add into this as as we're sort of talking when it comes to the, the very basics of heresy and how to get involved? No, I mean, if you, if you really want to get into the minutia, like we talked about, another good way is to there's tons and tons and tons of battle reports online. And um, like webcast, battlecast, all that stuff, where you can watch YouTube videos of people play the game, and you can pick up a lot of of what we just talked about watching those videos. Honestly, the best thing you can do is just try to immerse yourself into the lore. The one thing that makes Heresy unique from maybe um, 
the, 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 the strongest point of heresy compared to uh, many of the other uh, uh, um, uh, uh, games out there is that uh, the lore is so strong. Immerse yourself. Read the books. Uh, check out the black books if you can. Um, go online. Uh, definitely get involved in the forums. Get get involved in Facebook communities, and 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 just play to the narrative. Um, don't stress the 100%. rules. Don't stress the rules and shit. They're, 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 it's 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 less important than um, just really getting down and and getting down into the narrative. Yeah, they're really the rules are only there to help you to recreate the story. Yeah, and to and to, to allow you to to play the story, to build your story, and to to have fun at the end of the day. I think that's the easiest way of uh, of putting it in there. So, if there's nothing else we want to add, gentlemen, I think it's about time we wrap up this part one of Heresy One Hundred and One, and what I hope will become there will be a, a Heresy One Hundred and Two in the future. Uh, and we have some fun with it. So with that being said, I would love you two gentlemen, our two, our two wonderful guests, uh, to give your podcast a shout-out. So let's start with you, JP, and uh, can you maybe give us a heads-up of what's coming down the pipeline? Well, absolutely. Uh, next up in the Age of Darkness, I don't know when this is going to come out, but chances are um, the fifth episode of the Battle of Helifurion, which is our um, sort of Battlecast series, our narrative-based campaign that we're doing in an audio format, um, should be released, or should be just about to release. I'm going to try to get it out on Halloween. Um, so that's going to be fantastic, and uh, yeah, <laughs> some cool shit that happens. So check that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I told you guys a little bit about it. Um and uh, in the next episode of the Age of Darkness, we are going to be talking about a Wolf King. And after that, we are going to be doing a multi-part, probably four or five-part series about Angel of Caliban uh, by Gath Thorpe. It's going to be fucking epic. And we're continuing our uh, discussion of uh, Balfi Gothic. Hashtag BFG lives. Um, and finally, can I, if you'll allow me, I'd just like to plug that uh, on the... Um, 13th to 14th of January, uh, Miles, the little legend himself, is going to be coming to Montreal to be uh, to do a, a a master class teaching all sorts of awesome advanced techniques. Um, so if you're in the general area or if you want to travel, uh, please check that out. And on the uh, 20th and 21st of January, he will be in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, to be doing the same. So if you're around, check that out. I know that was very long. Thank you for the soap. <laughs> we, we can forgive you the forgive you the length there, JP. I mean, I must admit, um, as I said earlier on in the episode, I got to hang out with Miles recently. He's a legend. He is literally a little legend. He's a great guy. Um, there's nothing little. He's he's only a couple of inches shorter than I am, and I'm clear over two meters. Um, he's a great guy. And um, you're going to learn a lot from him if you get if you get to go along on one of those courses. So I highly recommend you do it if you get the chance. Make make it happen. You will you will love what you learn from that gentleman. Um, and Ryan, can you give us maybe a sort of a, a heads up on what what's coming uh, coming your way in the next few uh, next few weeks or, or however long? Um, <laughs> pretty much just typical stuff on our podcast. We do a weekly podcast. It's a uh turned into a lot of like people writing in lists and doing list reviews and just talking like our general um like what everybody's doing in the hobby we got four uh co-hosts so it's really just like 
it's basically just kind of like four guys bullshitting, talking to each other about where they're at in the hobby, what they're currently working on, what they're pumped for, um, talking, discussing the new releases and all that stuff co that comes out. And then usually the end of every episode, we take a few, we listen, we have a bunch of uh, emails, voicemails and listener lists and all everything that gets sent in. And we'll go over all that stuff and try to help out anybody with any questions, comments, concerns they have, help them with lists, help new players get in the game, um, anything like that. Awesome. So there you go, guys. Again, two fantastic resources, the Age of Darkness podcast, Radio Free Span, and everything that's associated with them. And, of course, I, I would love to say our lovely selves here at the Varangian Heresy podcast as well. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's so much coming up. And if you're getting into this and you're listening to this and you've, you've sat through all this, you've sat through our crazy ramblings, the scrap code, the mild um, drunken ravagings of, of a triple zero and all that sort I of stuff. I still help want noises. him to explain what he means by that. It's well, let's, 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 let's not, JP. We're not going to spoil the illusion. We're going to take you can take that off air. We don't ah. spoil the illusion. We don't spoil the illusion. But what I would say is this: there is a lot of heresy. The, the the year the year for heresy is not finished yet. But what I will say is, coming in 2018, from our point of view, is the Varangian Heresy event series. And if you're if you're in Sweden or your or Europe or hell wherever you are around the world, and you want to get into some fun gaming, I'm going to shout that out as something you guys need to be looking for. And we will do some more about that in our wrap-up. You'll hear us promoting it from now until well, 2019. Um, so, yes, unless, uh, Freddie and Chris, have you guys got anything you want to add before we, we head on out to a, a little musical musical Fandango? No, no, I'm wait, pretty wait, much wait. fine. Hold on. I, I do get to choose the song, right? No. Go ahead, JP. You guys get to choose the song. Have you got something I worked, I worked really hard on this. Okay, do you want? Do you want to come on, JP? I, I, before before I pull us out, how about you? You you tell us what we're listening. We're going to listen to. Okay, all right. Um, one of my favorite Swedish bands. Last time I made you guys play some Driller Killer, which is an amazing D beat from uh, from Sweden. And this is another one. Of my, I think this might be my favorite Swedish band after At the Gates. Um, this is a band called Bird Flesh, and you're going to play the song. And this goes out to Ryan Kimmel and respect from your Iceland trip. This is called the Funny Ice Dwarf by uh, bird flesh <laughs> well that being the case then ladies and gents uh, this has been heresy 101 we're about to listen to the uh the ice dwarf and we'll be right back with our wrap-up after what is going to be an epic tune We're back and time for a wrap up. First of all, thank you to JP and Ryan 
and that was also brought to you by the the alcoholic beverages of beer and blood sacrifice um, <laughs> so that was a rather awesome uh awesome little uh ramble and, and heresy 102 will be in the pipeline very soon uh where we probably talk about more things in detail and slightly more crazy about stuff i don't know we haven't worked it out yet we'll get there so wrap up time let's start with well we're going to run through some of the events that we've got information for mm-hmm. um and then starting from episode 51 we'll start getting more details on these episodes on what's going on and uh putting that into our wrap-up but if you do have events like we said before and you want them shouted out please get in touch with us via the ranching heresy at gmail.com and we will be uh, more than happy to uh, put your event information in our wrap-up. More importantly, if you've got the ability or you want to uh, find a way of doing it, record something. Record a little blurb, uh, you know, a little 30-second, two-minute piece about your uh, event, what it's all about, and what's going on, when, where, all the important information, and email us the audio file. We'll cut it in. Rob's your father's brother. You get to talk about your own stuff. How awesome is that? Also, a note, if you want us to talk about your event, please send us actual information and not just uh, here's a link to this site that may or may not contain this information because it helps us and it also makes the information we put out to be accurate very well said Chris very well said we want to help you to promote your event so please help us a bit so we can all help us help you help us help you help the heresy (laughs) all the helping exactly epic right okay so let's move on and let's start talking so first event we have the mega dirty horus heresy mega battle and that is taking place june 5th to 6th uh, oh it's taking place in january 5th did i say january it's a, I, I said i said june didn't i fuck yeah you said um, june. i haven't even been drinking for once uh yeah no. but it's it's good to just be wrong with about six months yeah well it gives you more prep time that way then that was totally what i was doing it for uh no. another went at that point but you never know i really hope but they do but this, these people. are the guys in these are the guys in Vecco. yep that we've talked about and talked with basically and yeah mr, or, there, mr. It, I'm guys. the information on this will be in our facebook group because i want it we'll share it there yep so it will be easier to find so get along if you can it's going to be an awesome time you'll have a lot of fun with those events those guys well do it's some good called stuff. the horror series a mega battle what can be wrong with that yeah well the only way it could be better is if they call it a super mega battle but maybe that's no no no, next no. Event. the best would be if they call it epic uh mm. there might be so there might there might be a few legal issues with that but so, we'll, we'll never know <laughs> but that depends on how you spell epic well okay Actually. let's not right this i can immediately see a rabbit hole we're about to disappear down let's but, not horus here's the epic mega battle deluxe Del- oh <laughs> that's the name plus for the menu <laughs> the plus, uh, plus menu style uh right so what's next so and company Exactly. Uh, what's our next, or, or what's the next event we have on our list, Chris? Because this one's kind of important. Yeah, but this one we have also talked about a bit in the intro. So it's the Assault on the Moor, which is sometime during the Lincoln weekend. We need to sort that date, but that's not really up to us currently. <laughs> yeah. But it will take place, it will be 1,500 points of uh, Centurion-restricted Raider and Garrison lists, and it will be well, it will be the invasion of a planet. It will be all shades of fucking awesome is what it will be. Um, but I'm just biased because we're running it. Uh, but yes, that, <laughs> so that is that is the first uh, the first of the Varangian Heresy event series rocking up there. 
Um, and then what do we got next? We have the something that uh, Greg Dan asked us to share. Yeah, which is the London Heresy 2018 uh, London Grand Tournament, I believe is what it is. Yeah, it will be held during the London Grand Tournament. It'll be part of the London Grand Tournament. So this is Heresy yeah. London Heresy 2018 as part of the London Grand Tournament. And that's between the 18th and 20th of May at the Olympic Stadium, uh, Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. So Well, it's, it will be, we will be parked in one of the buildings. Well, it sounds. It sounds I'm to, look, I'm British. I'm trying to make it sound imperialistic and you know, you know, bombastic. Leave it I'm alone. Only, right? I'm, I'm only mentioning what's actually in the information text on the website. Uh, yeah, are you going to start singing "Rule Britannia" soon or some shit? So. No, because I haven't been drinking, so we, we, <laughs> I'll save you from all of that. Um, but uh, shut up, Chris. Or I'll, I'll find. I'll find. No, I'll just play "God Save the Queen" by the by the Sex Pistols. It's way better. Um, <clears throat> There's actually a really good Rule Britannia from the proms. Yeah. Side the point. Anyway, um, so that's taking place. It's going to be a five-game narrative event, uh, fully immersive experience, all the fun, all the all the shenanigans as always. Uh, and then we. It also on. follows on from the plot established last year during the London Heresy. I'm just trying to make this quick. You're making me read all the words. They have the no, best words. I, I, did, I didn't make you read all the words. I read those words. It's not my fault that you don't have the best of words. I'm sure. Sure, at this stage, Greg, Greg is so happy he asked us to shut this up. Yeah. I will also say you're, this: you're, you're failing miserably. Well, well, at least, event, at least I'm failing with style then. The event is also linked on our, our on our Facebook page and in the Facebook group. So if you want to actually read this stuff and just not, not hear our inane ramblings. Yeah, <laughs> go and take a look. Um, so then we're on to our next event that we've got on our list right now. And uh, Chris, which one's that? That's the Fields of Megara, which takes, which starts up after the first event. And this is basically the event where you have to consolidate all the ground that you need for the landing and land your armies and mm. basically have a bit of fun with tank warfare, which Freddy mm. can't shut up about. Can you? Achtung Panzer. <laughs> it's all about the uh, all about the crazy heresy tanks. Yeah. And, this will take place on the 2nd and 3rd of June next year. Oh, yeah. Which is also a nice way to celebrate my birthday. Hey! I, have, I will have to actually mention that because for once I might actually celebrate my birthday. Hey! Well, you will. You will celebrate your birthday by rolling, be, become a threadhead, drink fucking heresy beers, and roll perfection. Well, at oh, least yeah. everyone else will. I will just look at people having fun. That's uh. always. Ah uh, well, we'll get you. We'll get you in there. You will get a choice. We'll yeah. throw it See, out see I, I, I'm still thinking the concept of having, you know, one Varanging Heresy army that we just take turns playing is yeah. like a. We, it, it needs to be done somehow. Yeah, this is something yeah. we will work out of there. But it will be a tank event. We're currently everyone is working on making the best tank-based force rule set that we can. Yep. And uh, as Fred has mentioned, there will be some teasers and instructions. Up soon. Yeah. Yeah. Be awesome because pe source. people can't read, people can't listen. We're gonna video make it in video yeah. form. But if if that and if that don't work, we are gonna try to work out a way of hypno induction. Yeah. Or <laughs> or uh, fucking do it by interpreted dancing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We maybe will. that's uh, that. Maybe that's uh, the step after hypno induction. Hypno induction yeah, leads to interpretive dancing. Could be yeah. anything. Or that's just the alcohol. Take your pick. Um, 
So. No, well, you really want those belly dancers back, don't you? <laughs> you? You didn't have to do that, man. You just didn't have to, okay? It's not and cool. It's not next cool, on the man. list, next, next on the list is an American event in Wichita, Kansas, on the 23rd and 24th of June, and that's the Act One of the Taking of Fireworks. And here's some info. The lines are drawn, sides taken. The drums of war hum with malice and rage. And now, the eyes of both the traitor and loyalist rest upon the Ferex system. None shall yield, so who shall stand victorious? Choose your side and cast your die. Join us for the taking of Ferex, Act 1, Hubris. The Taking of Ferex is a narrative-driven 30k event track coinciding with the 2018 Flying Monkeys GT in Wichita, Kansas. Players will face off in a Loyalist vs. Traitor narrative as the warring sides attempt to secure a foothold in the Ferex system. The event will span five rounds over two days. Zone Mortalis tables will be available both days for any players who wish to test their mettle in smaller scale skirmishes. For more information, please go to flyingmonkeycon.com or search us on Facebook at Ferex30K. So, the next event after that is going to be the Varangian hobby weekend well it's 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 a bit longer than a weekend it's it's five days it's uh the 8th to the 12th of august and it's a hobby camp there there is all types of crazies going on there uh freddie do you want to give us some details about so, that so would you say it would be a, a long weekend i would say it, it's it might even be more than a long weekend but i'm just going to go with it's it's a hobby camp before we get too fucking pissy about stuff, so uh, and not 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 those those bad types of camps, but actually a good camp, a good camp, no. yeah, no, a la the, labor camp or anything. There will be no camp counselors or Jasons, though. Yeah, no no gulag style. <laughs> so yeah, we're going we're going for a very. Depends on how much you owe us for beer afterwards. Oh, this is also mm. true. It, it depends on how much free rain I get. <laughs> there might be physical activities like in the morning we run from some obstacle course around there and, and th th then we <laughs> also need people to help us build the walls for the siege event in october yeah, yeah. so let's the, but what's actually happening so you, 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 want, you, want, you, you wanted me to say something that's right I want uh, to say that's, actually because, uh, that's actually happening what are we doing well, basically, we are once again trying to encourage people to learn how to airbrush. Yep. To put it shortly. And we'll have uh, Andy Wardle and Henry Steele coming over and teach us all about how to paint some miniatures, as in infantry and tanks. And uh, we'll see that there will be some extra bits and pieces as well. We're going to post up. Uh, as much information as we can. Henry has got back from Australia, so <laughs> unfortunately hasn't really had time to, to give us uh, the flyers that we, he was supposed to give us, but as soon as we have even more information, we'll push that out, but basically for people that attended the MKA course, they know what, I, know what we're talking about. 
if you want more information or if you have any queries or questions, just talk to us. It's going to be held in Stockholm, and it's going to be on the 8th of August until the 12th. 12th? 12th? 12th. Yes. 8th to 12th? 12th. I hope so, because that's when I booked the place. Yes, that's what you've got it written down for. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, cool. And uh, it's going to be two, two days, mainly focused on infantry, followed by one day of uh, hobby heresy extravaganza, where we're going to try and make sure that uh, you're going to be able to embrace everything that's in the horror heresy, so everything from epic uh, space marines to battlefield gothic to soma chalice to narrative gaming to uh, special scenario boards uh, to like normal pickup games to drinking barbecuing and singing heresy karaoke that seems to be a thing now oh god <laughs> right okay when the hell did heresy karaoke become a thing well, i don't know us uh, oh, uh, max uh, and uh, then the uh, the weekend we continue will we focus on uh, vehicles Ooh, awesome which is that's about it and and we know uh we're going to try and make it as all-inclusive as possible so we're going to see if we can uh for those people that can't really afford staying in a hotel or something like the younger younger generation we have like our little lamb lamb meat boys <laughs> from, from from southern sweden that tends to sleep uh you know be big spoon little spoon with our older generation guys uh, we're going to make sure and see if we can hook up some uh, NATO beds and shit so they can stay at the actual venue and stuff. Yeah, because we, we'll do our best to be awesome for you guys like that because the yeah. heresy must flow. Exactly, the heresy must flow. And and uh, we we don't have uh, an exact price tag, but uh, we're looking at the, the ballpark of what we did for last year. So, But more information will come uh, as soon as we got it. Yes, it will. So that is that. And then, Chris, what's our next event on the list there? Well, that's just because you can't pronounce it, eh? Uh, maybe, but because... <laughs> to be fair, neither can I, but I, I wrote it down so I can... So it's your damn it your You've got to attempt it at least, yes. And this is Trebizond, which is brackets for the Alcalia, and that's basically the second continent of the planet is an entire forge complex. And when you have a siege at this last event, you really need to secure resources, whether you're a traitor or loyalist. And uh, this will be our most, uh, so speak, straight-up gaming event. It will be standard battles, I think we said, two and a half thousand points. Yep. Uh, and when we say straight-up gaming event, we'll say that straight-up gaming, Varangian-style event. Obvi obviously. I yes. thought that was <laughs> Because I've I've had some couple of PMs like so what so are you actually going to do like normal Age of Darkness missions you stock up with normal missions and yeah. maps and shit and I was like you, you don't do. understand what we talk about when we say oh, straight yeah, up gaming <laughs> yeah exactly straight up gaming no we won't just rock up with the fucking red book and you roll your missions this is there will be surprise sex. This is, this I, can, is I can say that in, in the notes for this uh, this event, it basically says standard missions within brackets or yeah. within quotation marks. Just yeah. have it. Uh, There's a uh, lot of air, 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 mark, air quotations. Yeah, it's, it's our stuff. most normal event. It won't have any centurion limitations. It won't be a tank event or it won't be a massive siege. That's what we're saying. There we are. Yeah. 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 It will still be a Varangian event. It will still have 
Well, Freddy might certainly work out some <laughs> weird little cards or <laughs> agents or whatever. There'll be some fun. There's always fun, isn't there? Might also be a mechanic of uprising and everyone dies. You never know. <laughs> Rad poisoning on all tables. Everyone start with toughness too. Yeah, and all of a sudden the lightning cannons come up off the ground from hidden hatches. <laughs> You just want to do that, don't you, Chris? That's the problem. That's, the, that's all it is. That's your little fantasy. I thought, it was, I thought that was implied. Well, no, just, just no, want to no, get no, it out there. We, we will get at least like 10 automated defense turrets on each table that are like, uh, you know, rule... Strength, uh, AP2, armor, yeah, strength, measure, yeah, measure, yeah, measure, rad phase, deflagrate, deflagrate, 10-inch um, templates, heavy 12. Yeah. But And if but you don't you, get you, it, you're actually... Maybe joking about this now. Hey, don't, but, don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it, man. But you will see. You will see when we release all the plans for this event and uh, closer to the event as well, because this will take place currently at an undisclosed location at an undisclosed <laughs> or to be we're announced. Not, we're not there yet. We're working on it. Yeah, well, this is our replacement for so 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 to say replacement for Scorpius. It will take place somewhere around them, but we'll see what happens. Yep. Because that's what it's all about. Um, so after Even if that, you have to play it in your house. Yes, well, you, your house. Okay, fair enough then. And, uh, that. <laughs> then we have the last event of the year, and that's the site <laughs> of siege of Byzantia, and it will take place during our Scandus weekend, so to speak. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. pro- promise there will be enough beer this time. If the Brits drink too much, we will restrain them. Yeah. Or, or we'll, we'll force them to go to system and buy more. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, or, I, I think uh, <laughs> if uh, I was sober enough on Saturday, I should have done a supply run. But we, do, we don't. We know. don't want to force that sort of pressure on you, Freddie. We, <laughs> well, don't, we don't want to make you have to do that. It's not how we roll. You know that, man. We yeah. don't do that to you. That's true. At least now we know. Yes. So this true. is on the sixth and seventh of October next year, and this will be massive, and we will not spoil too much of this, but don't bring massive fortifications on your own. No, give it time. Other than if you want to use them for the army display photo. Yeah. We'll there see. will be more information. There will be a massive siege, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Lots so of ha- hashtag fortifications will be provided. Yeah. It's not what? BYO. Just, 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 we'll get there. Let's not spoil it too much. We'll get there. EYOF. Bring your own bottles, basically. Just bring your own beer. We'll work the rest out. <laughs> I thought we, I was going to get more beer. Yeah, but that way, that way we get even more beer. You see what I'm trying to do here, Freddy? I'm trying to up the but, beer, beer, beer. But the here. fridge was already stuck to the fucking brims. <laughs> We're going to have to get another fridge, Freddy. Think around these problems, man. We're going to have to have two fridges. There are two fridges. Oh, we had, there were two fridges. There were three of them. Okay, then we're we going to need like four the... fridges. God damn it, we need more of them. Just... I just want one of the drinks that the Danes were drinking, the green ones. I just uh, want one. I don't think you do, mate. I really don't think you do. Actually, dude, uh, it okay, looks really tasty. Yeah, but I something mean... is wrong with them. They want sugar in all their fucking things that they drink. It's disgusting. It is, but, but let's not judge. Let's not judge. Because we can do that off air. Like, uh, become an alcoholic and a diabetic at the same time. Hey, two birds, one stone. It's quicker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, other than that, that's the, that's a rundown of our events. So you have the four 
the four gaming events and the the hobby event for the Varangian Heresy event series. Uh, I will put an asterisk here saying that could change. It could get bigger because you know we don't we go big or we go home here. We're not uh, we're not going to limit ourselves. Well, there's always a chance for more. Um, and we have the information for the Mega Dirty Battle there and the London Heresy event. So there will be more to come. And if you have an event you want shouted out in our our uniquely rambling style, then please let us know so we can uh, we can uh, get all that uh, sorted for you guys and we can get it out on our wrap up. So or if you have. The- as we mentioned before, the possibility and ability and willingness to make your own short audio clip, like we've heard, do that. And we don't have to do it in our rambly style if you don't like it. Well, you get the information presented exactly in the way that you want it to be promoted. Yeah. And but, is also, it, but is it the right way? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, and if you want to send weird messages, just do that. I'm all for that as well. Yeah. Oh, no? funny so, shenanigans. So I, uh, I need I need new material for my dirty mind, and then uh, and then uh, you know you have to excuse us a little bit. But after episode 50, our massive milestone, we're back on our normal track with some army-focused specials, some more hobby specials, and you know general banter. Yeah, general banter. It's been a massive year. We just come off the fucking night raffle. We're kind of off scanners and it's just been so much going on. We're on our way to BSK, like literally in like, what, two days? No, and, no, it can't be two days, three days. Well, for me, it's like... <laughs> well, it's only Wednesday and we're supposed to be on Friday, so we're Friday. It's Tuesday. It, oh, shit, it just turned into Wednesday. Fine, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Wednesday. Like, I hate you, Chris. No. You had, why did you yeah, have to so, do that to me, so man? Wednesday, so you have Thursday, <laughs> Thursday and then... I'm going to be there on Friday, so it's two days. Well, have fun. I'll see you Sunday. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, it's been so much heresy going on, and we're desperately trying to get back and organize yeah. everything that's going on. But, yeah, so just hang out there. It's gonna You're going to get an army special soon. Yeah, it's all and, going to be uh, good, people. And for Christopher and other people that have asked, there will be a basing episode soon as well. Yeah, there's going to be all that sort of cool stuff coming up. So, without further ado, unless anybody else has more tangents we can go off on and it's like that last no more than 10 seconds. Nope, no. right, okay, good, glad to I might it. have super glue Shit. on the inside of one of my t- teeth. Okay, well, moving on from that, because I've got no idea how to come in <laughs> with that one. That's brilliant. Uh, moving on with that, I'm going to say it's a good night from me. Anyway. And me. And remember, guys, treat life like 30k. Be angry on in the streets, be fulgrim in the sheets, and try not to lose your head. This is the Ranjian Heresy Podcast, signing off. <laughs>